Hey now, it's Mike Gilbert, host of the Mike and JD Show, right here on the Voices of Wrestling Podcasting Network. Join JD by God Oliva and myself every Thursday night live on the Voices of Wrestling YouTube channel at 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time as we stay up all night discussing all the hottest stories in professional wrestling. You can also check us out right here on the Voices of Wrestling podcasting feed or you can subscribe to the Mike and JD Show feed. Now, enjoy the show. This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. What do you guys want to talk about? You are listening to the flagship podcast with your hosts, Joe Lanza. If this story was any good, maybe you people would understand it. You don't even understand the story. It only goes over everybody's head. How great can it be? Maybe they need to talk more during these matches. And Rich Crage. This is my entire life's goal is to be a WWE superstar, and now I am the NXT Women's Champion. You can take that. If you want that, great. Good for you. I want him to have to talk about getting roadhead. You know what I mean? Like, that's what I want out of my wrestling. Call me old-fashioned, Joe. And we are live on the flagship podcast. I am Rich. He is Joe. Joe, what's happening? How are you? How are you doing? Doing all right. Doing all right. Doing all right. Yeah, we're... uh, it's a nice day here in, in Chicago, one of the few earliest nice days we've had, uh, and I got a dog in the background that will be barking, I think, a lot. I think everyone's walking their dogs out and about. You know, it, People are being healthy still. It's only like 72 degrees, so people are still being healthy. You know, Once it gets too hot, then nobody goes outside again. But uh, yeah, just, just a warning about dog barking uh, might be amplified tonight, so we'll see. I mean, we're doing this show at the crack of dawn, so I mean, <laughs> it would make sense that this week... Um, you know, there'd be a lot of activity and whatnot, uh, you know, outside your house going early, so, going uh, early this week. Yeah. You know, trying to, trying to counter, we're, we're doing whatever we can to counter program, uh, 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 Tony Khan's ring of honor. You know, they, they, it, it's a chess match here. You know what I mean? It's a very, you know, they, they, they do one move. We do another move. They do this, they do that. You know, we, we got it, we, you know, and, and this, I, it, it seems to have worked. We got a lot of people, you know, we, we always get those people that jump in, you know, at, at after Ring of Honor ends, we always see that spike in the numbers. All of a sudden, boom, here's a bunch of people coming in. And it's like, well, now this week they're really going to miss out. This week they're gonna, we're going to have some hard-hitting topics right out of the gates that those people are just going to completely miss. And it's on them. It's on them. They chose Ring of Honor instead of the flagship, and, and we'll make them pay. God damn it. What time's that show on? Like 8 Eastern or something? Yeah, yeah. So actually, I think we're starting before they start, right? All right. I don't know what it's on. I'll be honest. I don't know. I have I've watched it live the first time uh, when I had it on the background while we were doing the show, and then since then I don't think I've watched it live. So I've I've watched it on like you know on demand or, or checked it out later, but not live. Now I'm gonna watch it. I, I wait to see what matches people say are worth the time, and then you know I'll, I'll go in and and watch them. It's a hard watch that show. Like just two straight hours of rapid fire matches, no promos, no angles. Um, I mean, the wrestling's good, but it's 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 a hard watch. It's not an easy watch that show. Um, hey, you know, with uh, with AEW getting rid of the darks, um, both darks, because you know whatever this new deal is, they cut to get the uh, the collision on Saturdays. Rich uh, Warner Brothers Discovery has exclusive rights to all AEW programming, so they had to cut the two YouTube shows. You know, I wonder how that's going to affect Ring of Honor. 
in that, okay, now that's the only show that they're taping at Universal, you know, when they tape at Universal. And the next round of tapings are this weekend, I believe. Uh, they're going to do two uh, marathon taping sessions on, I believe, the 6th and the 7th. That's Saturday and Sunday, right? Yes, it is. So they tape. No more dark tapings at Universal. And I would assume that ROH will also, also continue taping ROH at the TVs. I mean, I guess we'll find out how this is all going to shake out and what it's going to look like. Uh, once Collision gets started, but I assume they would just keep doing Rampage on Wednesdays after Dynamite, then maybe do ROH on Saturdays after, before, after, or a little bit of both. Or, you know, on Collision dates, I don't know. All right, thank you for your patience. We are now back, so let, let's let's bring that up again, Joe. That you had mentioned that the dark and dark elevation going away uh, from AEW. We we didn't get a chance to really hear the whole discussion, and I think it's a good one. I, I think it's a it's a good one to be had. So dark and dark elevation. AEW announced that because of the new uh, whatever the agreement, we don't know all the the exact details of it yet, but it appears that because of the new Saturday show collision, that that Warner now has exclusive rights on 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 the shows or whatever. So dark and dark elevation are for the time being going to go way and you were asking does that now help hurt like wh- wh- where does that put ring of honor in the ecosystem you know what what was the point that you were gonna try you know before we, we had our audio issues what were you thinking and then i'll give my thoughts on that too because i i i, I have some thoughts about that too of, of whether this is going to be a good thing for ring of honor or a potentially even worse thing for ring of honor so take it away whenever you're ready well i i don't i don't know how much is going to end up left in the show or not but um or if I'm going to repeat myself at all, but what, what I was saying was, you know, to me, the ring of honor show was already greatly starting to resemble a black and red dark in a lot of ways, because uh, the, the last one that I reviewed behind the paywall was either last week's or the week before there was something like 11 matches on that show. And at five or six of them, I can't remember the exact number were, were just flat out squash matches. Um, and you know, the show didn't start off that way. It started off with maybe one or two squashes and now it's slowly been creeping up to that line where there's more and more squash matches on the Ring of Honor show. And they still give you a good main event. Tonight's is Claudio Castagnoli versus Robbie Eagles. And I think uh, last week or the week before was Samoa Joe versus Colt Cabana for the for the television title. And it had, uh, you know, like a Vikingo match underneath. The Vikingo match against Gringo Luco was on that show. But there's been more and more squash matches against flat-out, like, local indie wrestlers. Not even the prelim wrestlers or the lower mid-card wrestlers that AEW slash Ring of Honor has under contract. I'm not even counting those matches. I'm talking just straight-up squashes against local jabronis. And there's been more and more of that on RH. So I don't know if doing longer tapings at Universal and then also taping ROH at the television means we're going to get more ROH content. But to me, the show's already too long. It's it's two straight hours of rapid fire matches with no promos, very little in the way of angles or promos, and it's and, and half of the matches are squashes. Do we really need more of that? Uh, to me, the show is already pretty underwhelming and pretty unappealing. So um, and now with the removal of the darks, where you know that was sort of you know they would use lower mid card wrestlers to give them work, and 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 those sorts of things is ROH just going to become more of that? Because if it if it is, then I'm even less interested than I already was, which wasn't very interested. So 
I don't know. What do you think is going to happen with ROH without the darks? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I, I think I, I'm interested in, in I, I think there's a few different ways it can go. And now, one thing I will say is that I, I know that there was, I don't know if they've quite figured out when and where and how to best record and, and, and tape Ring of Honor shows because they've, they obviously did the, the first batch of tapings or whatever. Like you like to call them, you know, like ROH Dark, where it just kind of felt like, yeah, this is an episode of Dark uh, with some, you know, red branding on it in the Ring of Honor logo or whatever. And I agree that there was not, you know, that wasn't great. And there was some things that they could maybe change or whatever. But ultimately, I probably will prefer that and think that's the best foot forward versus taping them in front of dynamite audiences where the show literally doesn't look any different. It looks just like a lower end episode of dynamite which again largely kind of again feels like dark and and the problem then with that is that you have a lot of fans that are either just kind of bored or they've been there for too long or you know you have a twofold you can have it where you tape it after dynamite which is a you know <laughs> a terrible idea and your fans are going to be bored or, or tired or leaving or whatever and, and and that's fine plus you have rampage that you sometimes tape after that too so that's just a marathon taping that you're asking from people um, you know, for, for that week, or again, you do it before, you know, dynamite, which, you know, again is, is not great. They used to do dark and, and dark, you know, parts of dark elevation before uh, certain dynamites that I was at. And, and a lot of times I would, you know, show up to the building, you know, halfway through dark or halfway through dark, dark elevation. Like I don't really need an extra two hours of professional wrestling every, you know, on a, on a Wednesday uh, afternoon or whatever. Like I, I just don't. So I don't know what the best foot forward is I, I really do feel like you probably are going to have to do the universal tapings which might feel and look a little bit better because it won't be you know it, it maybe you can make it look and feel a little bit more like ring of honor and a little bit less like dark but i don't know it, it's, it's in a weird position and like you said i i think there's just a lot of weirdness with that show right now of it being two hours which it doesn't need to be two hours and it just not feeling like an important show that you need to watch every single week. I mean, there's some good matches on the show. There's no doubt about it. There's some good stuff on Ring of Honor, and I I, I enjoy some of the high-level stuff. But, man, two hours is a lot to ask for that show, especially if just nothing – it's just there's not much going on. There's just not much meat on the bones there. And, and, and yeah, they're going to have to – they're really going to have to figure that out. And, and I, I think Dark and Duck Elevation being gone will probably help that. Because I think now you can sort of tailor the tapings directly to Ring of Honor, but I, I don't know if that's something you really want to do either. Like, do you want to just sit people down and say, "All right, we're going to tape two months of of Ring of Honor in one night or whatever, or over the course of two days or whatever"? I mean, that's a lot to ask uh, of a crowd in, in in Universal Studios or a studio audience or whatever uh, as well. So, I, yeah, it, it's I tend to think it's probably going to help because it's just a lot less content. It just doesn't feel like, oh my god, here's another two hours of wrestling I don't really want to watch. But, um. They got to figure out a way. They, they just have to figure out a way to make these shows feel like there's something because right now they just do not feel like anything. Ring of Honor has no identity. None. It, it is no identity. And we were told that this was a separate promotion. Uh, on the books, it's a separate promotion. This is just another AEW show. It has all the same talent. They've made no attempt to segregate the rosters and say, okay, this is the Ring of Honor roster and this is the AEW roster. And I said from the start, if you don't do that, you're going to have a hard time creating your own identity for this thing. Okay. And then on top of that, the show is in the same format that dark was right. Just match after match. It doesn't feel like it's, it's a, it's a organic. It doesn't feel like it's a, it doesn't have any kind of format. It, 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 it's filmed and presented in the same format as dark. And there's nothing that makes it feel like it's its own thing or it has its own identity. And until that changes, um, you know, I, I don't know what you can do. I mean, you know, and, and filming it before and after dynamite, 
again, that hurts the identity of this thing because it makes it just feel like a second-rate version of AEW. Um, you know, uh, because you know, like the like the darks were. So I, I don't know. I've been very disappointed with everything about Ring of Honor, with the exception of the pay per views, which are very good. The pay per views are always very good. The show itself, the weekly show, the format of the show, um, the the effort I see being put into the show, all of that is it has been major letdown. You know, well, I really thought. This would be a separate promotion, and it isn't. Yeah, and and just like you said, an identity of of what is what the hell is this thing going to be? Because like, why if I'm a and, you know obviously we're 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 doing the flagship during most Ring of Honor, so it's like not like we would be watching it live anyway. But let's say hypothetically, I was not doing the flagship. Or hell, people that we, listeners, we have a lot of listeners. I remember that first week that Ring of Honor was, we got <laughs> nobody was listening live because everybody was watching Ring of Honor. And little by little, our weekly numbers are basically right back up to where they were. Because think about it from the standpoint of I'm a fan at home. What, what what reason do I have to sit down on my couch or at my computer or whatever and watch Ring of Honor and Honor Club live? Why, what, what would, why would I need to do that when I can largely just kind of let the show happen and somebody somewhere is going to watch that show live or review it or recap it or whatever, and I'll know what to watch. I'll, you know, I'm an Honor Club subscriber. Okay, I'll go back and I'll watch Claudio versus Colt. Okay, that sounded pretty cool. I'll go watch that. Oh, Gringo Loco versus Vikingo. Cool. I'll go watch that. There's nothing compelling you to sit down and carve out two hours of your week and say, "Oh man, here we go, Ring of Honor and Honor Club. Let's 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 get let's get after it." Like, there's just nothing that's making you do that, and that's that's not good. Like, there's got to be something. They have to figure out a way to make this thing. A, a, a show that people would actually want to watch and not just because that's what I've done. I mean, after that first week where I had it out in the background while we were doing the show, I don't have it on the background anymore. I, what I'll do is when the show's over, I'll go read a review or I'll go read a recap where someone says, oh, yeah, this match is good and that match is good. And I go, OK, cool. And I go and I go find those two matches. I'm not going to sit down for two hours. And that's really how I've watched it since then. And, and sometimes I put it on in the background or whatever, but it's background noise. And, and that's the fact that we're already there after what are we at? Ten shows? Nine, ten, somewhere around there. I, I think we're only at that many Something shows. Like that, yeah. It's not long. I mean, it's it's long enough where like, and f- honestly, it felt like that after about week three, where it was like, oh, okay, I, I get what this is now. I'm good. You know, I don't need to be. This is an appointment television anyway, and that that's dangerous because that's that's dark. Then now you're now you're dark and dark elevation, which was the same thing. Like I and and that's you know, dark and dark elevation was meant to be this. Dark and dark elevation was meant to be. Hey, we're just trying to get people to extra reps, and hey, it's on YouTube, and hey, if you got nothing going on, watch it. Like that. That's well and good. That's fine. Like that. That was okay for dark and dark elevation and a lot of the stuff that i watched of those shows was when people said hey this is pretty good or hey you should check this out okay i'll check it out or or background noise like like you said you know sometimes it was kind of fun to listen to you know taz and excalibur do a podcast while they were commentating wrestling or whatever it was cool to have it on the background but you have higher hopes for ring of honor i would hope that you have higher hopes for ring of yeah. honor and the fact that it's that yeah. right now it, it it is basically either background fodder or wait to see what people recommend after 10 weeks is very disappointing Tremendously disappointing. Yeah, you made my point better than I did. That format was fine for Dark because Dark was just a throwaway squash show for the true hardcore freakazoid who just wants to consume all of the content. You know, and there's nothing wrong with that. You know, if you're a a super hardcore AEW fan who liked watching AEW on Mondays and Tuesdays in addition to Wednesdays and Fridays, then... You know, that format was fine for that because the show was inessential. Ring of Honor, though, shouldn't feel like those shows felt. And it's it's just it's presented in in the same exact format. And it, it's a letdown. And the atmosphere is even worse when they do it in the arenas. I because agree. doing it before and after you get all the there's almost, the, the buildings are half full if you're lucky. And the people that are there, they're either tired 
if you're shooting it after dynamite or it, people aren't there yet if you're shooting it before dynamite and the atmosphere is just dire so as bad as it you know as as bad as if these shows as, as the vibes are universal because it just comes across as red and black dark i prefer universal to shooting it in the arenas i agree yeah where, and, and i kind of yeah. said that earlier and i think down that maybe 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 if there is no dark and dark elevation that when they go to universal they can make it look a little because that was one Fair of the problems with, yeah and, and that was one of the problems with the universal thing it was like all right uh put the ring of honor banner up and it was it was dark but then like they hung a red banner up and there you know some things were a little bit red instead of you know uh gold or whatever and like now i guess is an opportunity but are I, I don't know if they're are they are they looking to invest in that are they looking to say hey you know what we're gonna run these but let's make it look and feel different the entrance ramps over here and this is here and that's there and the announcers like you know now that dark and dark elevation are not around you don't have to worry about taping those maybe but I'd, I've gotten no sense that they really are thinking of Ring of Honor as this thing that they need to wholly, make feel wholly different. Like you said, that that was they've said, oh, no, it's going to be different. It's a different brand. None of it is being reflected, though. It doesn't look different. It doesn't sound different. It doesn't. The roster's not different. So why am I to believe that now the Dark and Dark Elevation are gone, that they're going to say, all right, now let's build a whole new set that looks Ring of Honor or specific for Ring of Honor. I mean, it's probably going to be the same old set with the Ring of Honor banner on it. And, you know, that's it, it, it's disappointing to watch because then you're just watching, you know, like you said, Dark Red is what you're essentially watching at this point. I think they're just treading water until they get on TV. You know, because you can't put that product on TV. Yeah, but who's buying this product, though? You know what I mean? Yeah. I know I it's mean, it's content. I know it's, hey, it's first-run content, but if you had to send a, a, a screener to a network and this is the show that you presented to them? It just needs an identity. Like, you're, I'm going to give you mil- a million, you know, whatever amount of money, millions of dollars for this? Yeah. No, I hear you. I, I, <laughs> like, I wouldn't. Some, I wouldn't do that. It needs some kind of identity. And I'm going to keep screaming about this, but it needs its own roster. I'm sorry. It needs its own roster and its own wrestlers. And there's so many benefits to that if you do it and you stick to it. All this talk, you know, WWE with their dopey draft, which we know is going to last a month, and then everybody's going to be on all the shows again, or at least the top stars will be. And now all of this talk of AEW spending their roster with Wednesday and Saturday, like we talked about last week. One of the most obvious and needed roster split is AEW and Ring of Honor. That's the one they need to do. And there's so many benefits to that long term if you do it and stick to it. Because then you, when you do send wrestlers back and forth, it means something. When somebody shows up in AEW who's been with Ring of Honor for two and a half years, it, it feels like it's a surprise and it feels like it's something different. When you build Ring of Honor up enough to where they're strong enough where you can do it, and you can have you can add a, a pay-per-view show, which is AEW versus Ring of Honor, where it means something. And it feels like two distinct rosters facing each other. Right now, it's all the same people on both shows, which is why why ROH has no identity. It's all AEW wrestlers wrestling on a red and black dark. Anyway, we have so much to talk about this week. We weren't planning on talking about that, but um, that was something I was thinking about. And I, uh, you know, and 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 I wrote in my last uh, whatever I call that column now. I think I call it review roulette. I don't even know what I call my own things. Um. I believe you know, it is it, called it, Review it, Roulette, yes. Yeah, yeah, I did an RH episode, and, I, and that's what got me thinking about this because I wrote about a lot of these issues I'm talking about now. But um, instead of bashing Tony Khan, we should probably pr- start praising him because the lead topic of this show should not have been why ROH stinks. It should have been 
these Wembley ticket sales. So why don't we talk about that? Let's do that. Yeah, we, we're going to get to plenty uh, on this week's uh, show. Obviously, we're going to do a Wrestling Dontaku uh, New Japan. We're going to review that uh, show as well. Some interesting developments from that show, including a re-debut uh, right to the top of the card. Uh, Champion Carnival Backlash. Uh, long, long, long discussion, I'm sure, Joe, about WWE's draft. Of course, draft grades. I cannot wait to see what you think SmackDown got uh, in the draft grades. And then also MLW, uh, the world that, that never stops in MLW. And we'll talk about how well. It, some parts of it stop, but other parts of it uh, still continue. But the world of it. Uh, never stops. But yeah, let's talk about these all-in uh, ticket sales to start hey, off. Hey, Rich. Yeah. Hey, Rich. Could you imagine after the day we had Tony Khan slap and play on this podcast <laughs> and listening to the first 20 minutes? <laughs> I was going to let that hang. Around. That's fine. <clears throat> all-in ticket sales. A record-breaking week thus far uh, for AEW with ticket sales uh, for the all-in show on August 27th at Wembley Stadium. Uh, on the first day, uh, password-only pre-sale uh, AEW sold between 35,000 to 36,000 tickets. Initially, Dave Meltzer said 35,000. I believe Tony then followed up with 36,000 a couple hours later. Uh, on Wednesday, Tony Khan then said after 32 hours of pre-sales, all-in passed 43,000 tickets sold and a gate of approximately 5.7 million U.S. dollars. Now, tomorrow is the pre-sale, but before that even, we got another update from Tony Khan uh, earlier today, and he said here, I'm going to find the exact thing. Thanks to the amazing support of our fans, AW All in London, Wembley Stadium just hit 50,000 tickets sold. This was three hours ago uh, as of this recording uh, for $6.5 million uh, in American. Remarkably, all 50,000 tickets sold have been in the pre-sale. The general ticket on sale begins tomorrow with great seats opening up. So as of this recording right now, they have sold 50,000 tickets to this all-in show in Wembley Stadium, $6.5 million gate. And now this number, even if they don't sell another, t- if, they, if they put the general on sale and literally zero people buy another ticket, they're still in rarefied air. They're still in. It's an insane accomplishment. And they are. We'll, we'll talk about the, his, the historics of this uh, as well. But yes, even if the general sale goes on and literally every single person that wanted to buy a ticket has bought their ticket and is good. This is still an insanely, insanely ridiculous uh, accomplishment from AEW. Uh, wh- what did you make of the numbers as, as they kind of were coming in and now the updates uh, as we've gotten, you know, just even three hours ago with 50,000 tickets sold? I mean, yeah, I just did audio a few hours ago where I talked about how they were at 43,000. And, um, you know, at that point, it looked like, you know, 50,000 was going to be a lock. And now a few hours later, we've hit 50,000. And the point I made on that audio, which was the uh, Thursday Dynamite review, which is getting over real well with people inside AEW, um, is that now the sky's the limit on what on your expectations for this show. Like if, if you know you, you can, this is where you know now the show ha- is already established as an all-time successful show. This is one of the biggest shows in modern wrestling history. That's been established. They've sold fifty thousand tickets, and we're going to give you guys some comps. So you can uh, compare this to give you perspective on just how big it is to sell 50,000 tickets for a modern wrestling show. So now it's just a matter of, okay, now what benchmarks can we break now? Right. You know, how far can we take this thing? Um, you know, I just, before the show started, we were, we were looking up numbers for Clash of the Castle. And, um, you know, that, that show, WWE announced 62,296. And wrestle tickets, wrestle ticks, uh, uh, had sixty two thousand two one five as the total number of tickets distributed, and 
the observer, the September 12th observer reported somewhere in the neighborhood of 49,000 tickets sold for that show. Uh, now, remember, that was just a few days after the show. So I texted Brandon Thurston as we on the air. And he just got back to me. And actually, that prompted him to put this in the form of a tweet. And he just thanked me for texting him because he says now his Twitter is doing uh, monster numbers because he just put this tweet up. But uh, the final count on the tickets sold for Clash at the Castle in Cardiff last September, and this is according to the company filings, the public filings, is 54000 paid for an $8 million gate. So this show is going to sell more tickets than Clash at the Castle. That's a head-to-head WWE comp. Uh, as perfect of a head-to-head comp as you can get. Uh, you know, they're both shows in the United Kingdom, okay? Not both in England. Make that distinction so our, our, you know, our UK listeners don't get mad at us. We understand that Cardiff is in Wales. But these are two shows that are both in the United Kingdom. Neither one of them are the, you know, tentpole events uh, for, for either company. This wasn't WrestleMania. Uh, AEW doesn't really have a tentpole event. They don't have one yet. They haven't established a show uh, at that level. WWE hadn't been in the UK in many, many years. AEW hasn't been in the UK at all. So these are very fair comps. And AEW is going to sell more tickets than WWE did in the UK. They're only 4,000 away. And when those tickets go on sale to the general public tomorrow, meaning by the time most of you actually listen to this, they will have already sold more tickets than WWE did for Clash at the Castle. And I would say they have a really good shot of putting more people in the building than the 62215, which was the total number of tickets distributed. Okay? They might sell 60,000 tickets at this rate. That's completely out of the question. Rich, how high do you think this could go? Yeah. I, I mean, we're, we're talking pre-sale already up to 50,000. I mean, yeah, I think conservatively you can say I mean at least like what, what was what was the final remind me again the, the final one that's Clash of the Castle. 52, 53,000, what was the number you had? Okay, so according to WWE's own filings, it was 54,000 tickets, 8 million dollar gate, average ticket $148.52. And here's what's interesting about that. Do you remember that show had all of those super high ticket prices? Yeah. Which scared some people off. Listen to this though. All in, as of this moment, with the 50,000 tickets, and Tony Khan is claiming a $6.5 million gate to this point, that averages up to $130 a ticket. Only $18 less than the, the, the Clash at the, the Castle average ticket, which is interesting because the idea, you know, the, 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 uh, the thought behind Clash at the Castle was they could have sold more tickets if the ticket prices were a little lower and that the high ticket prices scared people off. And the strategy was charge as much as we can. Don't worry about putting as many people in the as we can worry about the gate. And here we have an average ticket sold. That's only, and there's only an $18 difference here. Now I should note the all in average ticket sold is probably going to drop because most of the most expensive tickets have been sold. So at this point, when it goes on sale to the general public, you know, you would think a lot of the, you know, uh, from this point forward, uh, the, the the cheap price seats are going to go as opposed to the first few pre-sales when the best tickets were all gobbled up. So 
that that gap will widen a little. But I don't know. Does that come off a little surprising to you that the average ticket sold is that close? I'm a little surprised by that because you know for people who did not did not follow when when we did the or when the Clash of the Castle tickets went on on sale is that they did a pre-sale and they had a bunch of people sign up for it. I think they you know we, we were we were running some of the numbers before, uh, so excuse me if these are not exactly, but I think this is sort of the numbers that were were reported at the time that 59,000 people sold up signed up for the pre-sale. And then eighty five thousand people, you know, signed up for the pre sale by the date that it was on sale. But then when the tickets actually went on sale, a lot of those people. So you had you had eighty five thousand people saying, "Yeah, I want in on this pre sale. I want in on Clash of the Castle. I'm in." And then the pre sale started, and they only sold thirty thousand tickets that first day because, or or during that pre sale, because people went and said, "Whoa." <laughs> Hold on a minute. <laughs> These ticket and and that was reported by every uh, a lot of people that like it, it. It was it was kind of a shot to the system from a lot of these people saying, "Whoa, hold on a minute, I'm not paying these prices uh, for this show." And then little by little, they had to kind of tailor down the tickets a little bit, cheapen things out a little bit, and then they were able to sell what they were able to sell, which was pretty good. Which was obviously a very good number. We're you're not don't take anything away from that Clash of the Castle number. That is a fantastic number. But yeah, the narrative was well, they would have sold more if they didn't have. You know such crazy ticket prices. The fact that that you're saying that it, it's not that far off, that it's it's pretty damn close. With that, with the idea that the caveat, like you said, that the AW number is definitely going to drop per ticket price because now a lot of the cheaper seats are going to be on there. That's pretty damn good. And 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 on the flip side of this too, what you're going to get, and I know that some people have a tough time figuring this out. I, I you know I, I don't know if they still do because we're not on Twitter as much as, as obviously anymore. But there always used to be this tough thing where when people would. Uh, when these big events would sell a bunch of tickets, it was ah scalpers, ah scalpers, and some people, smart people, had to say, well, you realize that scalp if 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 in your theory that a lot of these tickets are being sold by scalpers or, or being bought by scalpers, uh, scalpers usually buy tickets to things that are gonna sell, like that people want to go to. So the idea that maybe there's even more capacity for the scalpers then to get involved and for them to start buying tickets and for them to get like yeah, the, the sky's the limit for this show. Of what they can do. I mean, if 85,000 people sign up for Clash of the Castle, I think you could conservatively say they're going to blow past that 53, 54, 50. I think they're going to blow past 50,000 and, and get. They're going to beat Clash of the they're Castle. They're going to beat Clash of the Castle. So throw that out. That, that's done. They're, they're going to beat that. I, I think that's not even. To me, that's not even a, a, a thing to argue about. They're, they're going to they're beat Clash of the Castle's paid before 90% of the people who listen to this podcast eventually listen to it. Right, right, right. 60,000, I think, yes. Anywhere in the 60,000 range, I think, is now 100% possible. 70,000, now we're starting to get a little, all right, I don't I, I don't know if there's that many more people that are going to try to buy this. I would say you're probably going to hover somewhere in the 60,000, whether that be, you know, 61, 62, 63, 64, 65, maybe somewhere in that range, maybe the low end of the 60,000, I think is pretty... You know, I I, I would pr- if I had a bank and on anything, I'd say like you know sixty five thousand or whatever. But this is you know fuck you you announced CM Punk, <laughs> okay? <laughs> Let's bump well, that up well, to seventy thousand well, yeah, or whatever. The, you know what I mean? Like they haven't announced anything yeah, yet. They haven't announced a match or a wrestler. So <laughs> they, they haven't announced a thing, and they haven't put t- t- tickets on sale to the general public. And you know, you mentioned scalpers. Out of those first thirty six thousand tickets sold, there were under four hundred tickets on the secondary market. So that's absurd. That's an absurdly low percentage. And those those guys are going to get it. The, the, the scalpers know that and realize that and are going to buy it. The, when this general presale starts, they're going to scoop a lot of those up. You would think. We'll see. I mean, because it feels like a hot ticket. And, and that's what scalpers are all about. 
you know, scooping up the hot tickets. But this is going to do a WrestleMania-like paid attendance, which, you know, I, I didn't think it was impossible. I think I set the benchmark at 40,000, and they've blown past that in terms of what would make a super successful show. Um, and I think I said anything under 30 would have been, to me, a failure. Yeah. And that, I mean, they beat that in an hour. <laughs> Forget that. Yeah, that's long, that's long gone. That, that's long gone. Yeah, I, honestly, anything over 20,000 is like an amazing accomplishment for, for this company. We, you know, we touched on that, yeah. you know, and I wrote a piece at, at flagshippatreon.com just talking about like, let's let's put this in a historical context. Let's think about this in terms of of non-WWE shows. And and, and, and you might say, oh, well, you count. We'll, we'll, we'll do. We'll, we're going to count WWE in a sec because they're, 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 they're pressing up against some of those big numbers as well. But like, let's say non-WWE in terms of, of a non on WWE wrestling show running and selling above 20,000 tickets, above 10,000 tickets, above 15,000. It doesn't happen. It's so rare. And when it did happen, it was in 1985 and 1983 and 1970 and all that sort of stuff. Like the modern comps that you can come up with of, 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 you know, anything after the last, I did the last 50 years and it was like, you know, a thousand shows that had sold, you know, over, you know, X amount or whatever. You can read the whole the whole piece. But yeah, in terms of like 85 shows were over 20,000. Just to kind of give you that number. 80 shows in the last 50 years, 85 shows to be exact, in US or UK. So I'm not including Canada. If you want to Canada, it was a few more as well. But just, just doing US and, and UK in terms of trying to comp to what AEW is doing right here. You're looking at 85 shows in the last 50 years that are non-WWE and have done that amount. Now you cut that into okay. Let's talk more modern era. What do you want to call the modern era, Joe? What what would you declare the modern era? You want to say post WCW? Oh, okay. I mean, I was gonna say either Hulk Hogan pinning the Iron Sheik, or okay. you could say yeah. you or you could say post WCW for the. For the I, I would say that's fair for what w- would define the current era we're in right now. Well, post WCW, zero, <laughs> fucking nobody <laughs> for twenty thousand. You know what I mean? Like no, nobody. Right. Uh, it just doesn't. Yeah, it, it it's it just does not happen. And and you want to go WCW era? Like you're looking at a couple of shows that they did in the Georgia Dome. You know the 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 famous you know Goldberg versus Hulk Hogan one had forty one thousand four hundred twelve. You know then Which they this c- show has now yeah. has now beat. Yeah, when I wrote when I wrote this piece, I said, "Oh wow, they're pressing up against these amazing WCW shows, which are really not even relative comps because it was WCW in its heyday in a whole different area in the boom period of wrestling. They blown past those, so it's like <laughs> irrelevant to those anymore." But when I first wrote that piece two days ago, they were pressing up against that at, at, at over thirty thousand and then thirty five thousand. Then it was like, "Okay, now they blown by that." I mean, like that, that. Those are your comps. You have two. You have a January fourth, nineteen ninety nine Georgia Dome, and you have a. The, the July 6th, 1998 Georgia Dome show. Those are the only two that are of any relevancy to us anymore above 35,000. And then above 20,000, it's, yeah, it's a couple of Astrodome nitros. It's, you know, now you get into, uh, you know, Puerto Rico occasionally popping up a few numbers, but it's all stuff from the 80s. It's all 80, 1980, 1983, 85, 77, you know, 87, 88, 86. It's like, it's all that stuff. It's a whole different era of wrestling. And it's all obviously in a much different, you know, territorial region and regional stuff and whatnot. But modern era, there's fucking nobody. It's nobody. <laughs> it's not anybody. And that's, you know, it's, it's, 
we always talk about this of the doom and gloom that a, that people give with AEW, where it's always feels like every single week is oh my god, here we go, oh they didn't sign this or oh this happened here, and everything's this globalized like oh god they're on death's door. I, I called it the chicken little shit that we do that people do every single time there's a a business discussion about AEW of like oh here uh, yeah it's a, like step back a little bit and realize like these guys are doing something that has not been done in thirty years all the time. They do this routinely. They're selling pay-per-views like nobody else has sold pay-per-views in 30 years. They're selling a, a tickets to shows that nobody has done in 30 years or whatever. Like, come on. We got it. We got to drop the chicken little shit with this company. Like, what they're doing here is unprecedented. And, and comparing them to any other company is doing them a disservice. Comparing them to, to TNA, which no offense to TNA, their top drawing shows were like, they have one show in England that has like 8,000 and then the Alamo Dome show that you went to, Joe. That had like 6,500. Yeah, 6,500 or whatever. It's like, those are the cops. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's the Which, best thing. By that they the ever way, very, yeah. good, very good numbers for Those TNA. are good. I, I, again, I'm not trying to badmouth TNA in this sense. I'm just saying that using, having any sort of discussion about AEW in any sort of context of like, well, similar to TNA, like, no, we're in, we're in different universes, different worlds. They do not deserve to be comped anymore. What AEW is doing, nobody else has done since WCW died. Nobody. Zero in, in America as an American based company in, in the in the post monopoly or, or, or whatever you want to call WWE after 2001 when ECW and, and, and WCW goes away like nobody else is doing this thing. Nobody else is getting anywhere close to this. So the idea that they come in here to Wembley Stadium in, in, in the UK and do this number. I mean, they not only have they blown away now, everybody else over the over the modern era just completely destroyed any of those numbers in the modern era. They're now starting to get so good that like now you can actually comp them to other shows. Now, like in my when I wrote that piece a couple days ago, I was like, all right, let's let's just keep it to America, keep Japan out of this, keep New Japan, keep WWE out of this. Let's just talk about American-based companies running in the US and the UK. We're at a point now on on Thursday, the fourth, where okay, now let's start talking about Wrestle Kingdoms. Now let's start talking about Clash of the Castles. They're they're on that level right now. And that's they're a four-year-old company, man. Yeah, I mean, they're quickly approaching five years. That's pretty fucking good. You know what I mean? For all the chicken little bullshit and all the sky is falling shit that, that goes on with AEW all the time, for a company that's not yet five years old to be in that, you know, that realm of 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 selling similar tickets to a Wrestle Kingdom or a Tokyo Dome or Clash of the Castle or whatever. I mean, that's really fucking impressive. Yeah. Well, you know, the reason I brought up Clash of the Castle wasn't to knock Clash of the Castle. It was to show you show people how well All In is doing. Because Clash of the Castle was a massive success. It was an eight million dollar gate. Fifty four thousand paid. And All In is very likely gonna beat both of those numbers. I mean, this is a WrestleMania-level success for AEW in terms of tickets sold and gate. I mean, that's what this is. And you made some WCW comparisons. You know, they, you know they're creeping up on something like a half a dozen million-dollar gates. You know, but even without this show, they were creeping towards, you know, they already had three or four million-dollar uh, million gates. WCW never had one. You know, even those Georgia Dome shows, were the high 900,000. And yeah, you could adjust for inflation and all that. But again, these are just points of comparison, which add to your point that all of this doom and gloom with AEW's business is a bunch of nonsense. They were just given another show and and Warner Brothers Discovery negotiated exclusive rights to their content and forced them to pull two shows off of YouTube. You know, we just talked about that. So their television partner is obviously very happy. And they're about to do 
who knows how many tickets sold for this show here. So, uh, and you know, you talk about here, here's, here's some more comparisons for people. Okay. Modern era wrestle kingdom at the Tokyo dome wrestle kingdom eight 35,000. That was Tanahashi Nakamura and Okada Naito. Remember the fan vote rich. Oh yeah. Yeah. So that was uh wrestle kingdom nine 36,000. That was the first Tanahashi Okada Wrestle Kingdom uh, uh, match. Now, now we get into the era without the nice round numbers where, you know, the reporting got a little more accurate. Wrestle Kingdom 12, 34,995 for Okada, the first Okada Naito Wrestle Kingdom match, which was also Chris Jericho and Kenny Omega. Huge event, 34,995. Wrestle Kingdom 13, 38,162. For Tanahashi, uh, Tanahashi versus Omega, Naito versus Jericho, Okada versus White. And then the big one, Wrestle Kingdom 14, the first two-night Wrestle Kingdom. Night one, 40,008. 40,008 for Okada Ibushi, Naito J. White, and Hiromu versus Will Ospreay. And then they came back on night two with Naito Okada and did another 30,000 fans. 30,063 to be exact. Okay, that was the peak of the hottest era in the history of New Japan. And they did a combined 71,000 fans or 70,000 fans between those two shows. This show has an outside shot of topping both shows combined. And again, the idea here isn't to knock New Japan. Wrestle Kingdom 14, the two night wrestle is a massive success. 40,000 one night and you come back with 30,000? Yeah, it was absolutely absolutely the culmination of the of, of the hard work that they had done over the last, you know, basically the last decade, but really over the last 5 to 6 years prior to that was just like that was the culmination. Like you always said that that also was to to you, you've always declared that like the end of the era because you accomplished all you needed to do. You you did the two night yes. Naito one. You sold as many fucking tickets as you were going to sell. That was the peak. That was it. That 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 it, it, that that was the culmination of all the work. All the work that they had made, uh, for, you know, or had done over the last couple of years—that's a huge accomplishment. A huge accomplishment. I skipped a couple of them, but you hear the escalation each year with the Wrestle Kingdoms during that era, culminating with a combined seventy thousand fans over two nights when Naito finally pins Okada in the dome. And yes, to me, that was the end of that era, with the Naito win and peaking with seventy thousand. But then the pandemic came, and really derailed that company. And now they're just starting to work their way back out of it. Okay? So, again, the idea is not to knock New Japan. Those are monster numbers. All of those domes that are, you know, in the mid to high 30s and then topping 40,000 when 30,000 people came back the next night. Okay? But another point of comparison, this year's Tokyo Dome show, 26,085. Again, no one's knocking that. That's a good number. That's a good number. Especially coming out of a pandemic. And you still had the weirdness of pandemic seats, non-pandemic seats. Some people are allowed to cheer. Some people aren't allowed to cheer, right? There's still a lot of weirdness there in Japan. And they did over 26,000 fans. And this show has doubled that already. They've doubled Wrestle Kingdom. Okay? You want to talk about the top show in Japan this year? It was the Muto Retirement Show. And that show did, I'm going to put, I got that number right here. That was on uh, February 21st, mm-hmm. 30,096. <laughs> yeah. so, sh- so a shade over 30,000, which again, good number. you think I'm knocking, 
You think I'm knocking pro wrestling Noah for no, doing 30,000 No, that's a great fans? number. Yeah, that's a great that's number. A, yeah, yeah, I mean, and, and this show has topped that by 20,000 fans without even putting the tickets on sale to the general public yet. So, I mean, I know that to some extent we're preaching to the choir, but hopefully this is some context for what an amazing business success that this show is. And I really, the sky is genuinely the limit here. I mean, when those tickets go on sale to the general public, Rich, and I'm going to say this too, we do have to, to, to at least bring this point up. It is possible that the vast majority of people who want a ticket to this show already have one because the total universe of AEW fans obviously is much smaller than the total universe of WWE fans. That is not in dispute. And it is possible that the vast majority of those people made sure they got their hands on these codes for all these wacky pre-sales. So who knows? And I might look stupid in about 12 hours. And this might sound real dumb to people who don't listen to this live. But it is entirely possible that the ticket sales do simply trickle from this point forward. But it's also possible that the pre-sale is a sign that this thing truly can fill up that building. We don't know. And it's so interesting to watch it play out. Because I don't know how this general sale is going to do. I'll say this. And I want you to respond to this point. I feel like if the general sale is a massive success and they let's say they sell 10,000 more tickets and Tony Khan is touting that they've hit 60,000. I think that's a great sign for when they start announcing matches and talent, because that tells me that the total pool of AEW fans who want a shot at this show is larger than we might think. Whereas if they sell a couple thousand tickets tomorrow, you know, two or 3000 tickets, we might be winding down and tapping out the potential pool of customers. And at that point, whatever they announce for the show won't matter as much. So I think seeing a healthy first day general sale will lead, will lead me to believe that when they finally start announcing matches that there's even more to come after that. What's your take on that? No, I, I sort of agree. Uh, I, I'm with you. The fact that they haven't, you know, I, I do think that, yeah, you obviously have tapped into a lot of your, your, your hardcore base and your hardcore fans or whatever. But I would have said that if they sold 20,000 tickets with this pre-sale, like, whoa, all right, that's pretty good for their hardcore base or whatever. Or hell, if, if, if today Tony Khan said, hey, we, we, we sold 30 to 35,000 tickets or whatever. Wow. What a tremendous accomplishment. I would say, man, wow. They, the fact that, that you can say, oh, yeah, they're hardcores. We're talking 50,000 tickets sold for this thing or whatever. It's like, you know, like, I don't know if I'm making sense, but it's like, I don't know that we should be thinking in the standpoint of, ah, well, the hardcores are ah, the hardcores or oh, the hardcore core fans or whatever like i don't know there's just a lot of people that want to buy a ticket to watch this show and 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 go to whether that's because of AEW, because it's at wembley stadium because it's wrestling at wembley because it's the uk and they're starved for wrestling or it's europe and and they're starved for big time wrestling or people are saying hey you know what i'll make a vacation of it whatever there's a lot of things coming together that's creating this this atmosphere that that yeah i now am like okay 
the sky feels like the limit for this show. Like I was fully prepared and and, and completely a hundred percent ready for it to sell fifteen to twenty five thousand tickets in this pre sale and be like, all right, well, good little number. Let's see if they can get to like thirty five or forty or whatever. And, and that see would how- have been that would have been that would have been a great start. Oh, honestly. for sure, for sure. And then you're like, all right, well, let's see. You put Osprey in a big time match, then okay, can we get to forty? Right? Yeah. Can we get to forty? Hey, you know, you, you you announce you know Osprey and 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 this guy. Maybe you get there. Or, hey, well, you know, you know, book this match or book that match or you know. Now you're playing with house money now. Now it's like, okay, well, we've if say we have gotten, like you said, all the hardcores or whatever. Now we can really play around with this thing a little bit and, and, and announce some fun things and announce some guys and and get things going and, and and really start moving these tickets. Because yeah, if you're if you're at that level where if you're at fifty thousand already, yeah, there, there's I, I feel like there has to be more capacity for for people. Plus, there's gonna start being the FOMO factor of like shit, fifty thousand people are going to this thing. Why why not me? You know what I mean? Like if you're AW. So you start feeling yourselves a little bit and going, hey, let's take out an ad. Let's do this. Let's get let's get as many people to the show as we possibly can because we've already blown past. I I'm sure that this blew, blew past their expectations, right? Like I, I don't know what what the room was thinking or whatever. There's no way that they thought they would get fifty thousand tickets sold by this presale. I, I don't know. Maybe they did. Maybe they had metrics that told them this. I don't know. But the the fact that you're already there now, you can really play around with this thing, and now you can really have some fun and 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 see. Okay, let let's go for this. Let's let's try to get as many lapsed fans as possible. Let's get people that don't even care about wrestling. Let's get people that just want to be a part of a thing uh, at Wembley Stadium. I mean, yeah. Now you can really have some fun with this thing, and 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 like you said, I I'm. Now I'm a little more positive that they're going to get this thing up to 60, 65, maybe even to 70,000 because, yeah, you know, this three days, man, we're talking 48 hours. They've sold 50,000 tickets. I mean, that it, it seems impossible to me that that is now you, you've now ex- 100% exhausted everybody that wanted to buy a ticket to the show. And now nobody else is going to buy anything. There's people that are going to be on the fence. There's people that are saying, ah, you know, this, this or this or whatever. You announce a big match. You announce a return. You announce CM Punk. You announce whatever. You're going to sell a lot more tickets. Let's be let's be honest. So who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I mean, th- there's a chance that by the time this show hits people's you know, the free by the time this show hits the free feed that they're over 60 already. Yeah. Oh, yeah. This is going to be the biggest non WWE gate in the history of wrestling. And this is going to, you know, has a chance to, you know, it already, you know, it, it, this is going to have an attendance like a modern WrestleMania show. You know, and, I, and I'm not sure people understand, uh, as well as this is doing, I'm not sure a lot of people understand just how historically significant this show is trending. Well, and and, and, and a great, a great, not to cut you off, but a great point by Suit Williams uh, in our chat room. Suit Williams, incredible writer, by the way, voiceofwrestling.com. You can read his stuff at 4wonline.com. He's everywhere, Suit Williams. But, uh, and it was essentially what I was trying to say, but obviously in, 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 in perfect fashion, like it took me five to, to seven minutes to say it, and it took him like nine words to say it. He says, at what point does a hardcore fan base fan base just become the fan base? And I think that's kind of what I was trying to say is like, we keep saying, oh, well, the hardcores, the hardcores, the hardcores, like we're at 50 fucking thousand tickets sold already. Like there's, we're, we're past the idea of, oh, the hardcores or whatever. If it was 15,000, all right, those are your really died in the wall. We got to be there. We're at the point now where, where, where this is clearly an event. This is an event for whatever it's worth. Like these, this is something that people want to be a part of one way or another. So yeah, I, I don't think that every single person that watches every single, like the people that are watching dark and dark elevation and watching every single second of AEW content or whatever, they've got their tickets. Yeah, of course they do. But we're talking, if you've gotten to 50,000 tickets, you're just talking about a wider base uh, of people that are, that are, that 
that are consuming AEW or want to watch AEW. And let's not forget, too, in the UK, AEW has a very, very good channel. It has very good distribution, better than WWE. That is the thing that everybody has kind of said is that, hey, look, WWE has a, you know, a 50-year head start on every other wrestling company. But in the UK, AEW is on the better channel than WWE is. Now, still, WWE is the market leader, and WWE is still the one that... But, like, no, AEW is... They're not... You know, they're not just just grabbing the hardcore of the hardcore fans, the people that would subscribe and listen to this show. They're grabbing a lot of people because they're on a great network and they have great distribution. And it's clearly whatever they're marketing that they're doing is is good. So, yeah, we're, we're at a point now. Like, let's let's, you know, let's start talking about how big this thing could possibly be and not just, yeah. oh, man, geez, they're really going to have to work hard to get to X or whatever. Now, now there's no more working hard. Now it's like, let's have fun with this thing and see how high it can get. Yeah, it's it's now it's now fair to dream. You you can realistically dream about putting ninety in that, sure, in that fucking right. thing. Let's go for it. I mean, and, and, you know, because now you know, look, and and they're drawing from all of Europe. I think that's important too. You know, so they're drawing from all of Europe, and now this thing's getting so big to the point where it's going to pick up some buzz locally because of all the tickets that's selling. And this is where you might pick up your your random. Uh, you know, wrestling fan who might not even be familiar with AEW, but might be familiar with some of the names on the show or just wants the, the, the old night out. And this might be where you start picking up some American AEW fans or Canadian or, or from other parts of the world who are like, man, I cannot miss this. Right. That's when the shows, gonna, that's when you start announcing those matches. That's when you start getting FOMO from people like me that yes. are like, well, fuck, I got to get out there. You know what I mean? Like, first off, how cool is it going to be to be with, you know, 70,000 people at Wembley Stadium or whatever? And I get to see, you know, X versus Y. Like, fuck, man, I got to get there. I got to do that. Like, yeah, that now we're that's what I said with the playing with house money. Now you can have some real fun here and start saying, all right. Where else can we grab fans from? Let, let's get Middle America Joe, you know, Joe Sixpack to go, fuck, I got to get to England for this show. Come on, man. I can't miss that match. I can't miss this moment. I can't miss this thing. And there is no cynical spin even possible to what this show is accomplishing. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. What, there's got to be something out there. What, what are the only 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 the very dumbest of the dumbest are still trying to spin this thing. And you this know, is the, one of those the, tentpole moments, too. And we always talk about this in, in, in times. There's times where somebody has takes that are so bad that now you know forever to just ignore them because they're not worth your time. This is a yeah. great... Th- if anybody has anything to say about this over the next week or whatever, block, delete, mute, take them out of your life because they are probably not worth your time if they have it, any it, sort of negative spin about this. The only people that are still attempting it are those troll accounts? <laughs> WWE are, Gareth, and like those the guys. ones that we don't like to plug. Or right. Oh, I'm say sorry. The I just plugged of. one of them, but that's fine. Yeah, everybody knows um, about that one. So. The ones that are adjacent to the botch accounts, like the, the the just the dumbest humans on Twitter, they're the only ones even still attempting to spin this. You know, your your other people who kind of are hard on AEW or run anti AEW grifts or. I mean, I saw Raj Geary the other day tweet out something like, guys, you're not going to get me to say anything bad about selling 35,000 tickets, and I can't really respond to you if, you know, I'm paraphrasing. <laughs> but, you know, and then I listened to, uh, I-, I heard Cornette's clip on YouTube. Yeah, he, he up was like, algorithm. oh, hey, great job for that. Yeah, he, he was, you know. And when Brian, yeah, when Brian last told him the number, he was like, oh, shit, that's great. I can't believe it. That's amazing. Like, and it wasn't even through gritted teeth. 
Like Cornette was just. It wasn't. I can't believe that my mud show filled with those, you know, those Kukamonga boys or whatever. Like, I can't believe they did that. Unbelievable. What a bunch of marks buying tickets. Like, because there's a way to do that. There's a way to say, ah, oh, well, these dumb marks, they'll buy tickets to anything to see these idiots wrestle in their outlaw mud show. But no, that was not. I, I agree. I heard the clip too. And that was like genuine, like, whoa, all right, well, that's an accomplishment for them. Yeah, and he talked about how, you know, first time in the market and all these things and how this is, you know, obviously an amazing number. And it wasn't with any vitriol. It wasn't through. They didn't try to, you know, spin it or attempt to spin it because you can't. Because you can't. You, you can't. can't. Even Jim Cornette, who would love to spin it for his audience, couldn't. And you know that his audience is sitting there pounding their fist on their desks listening to him. But even a guy like Cornette knows there's no spin here. This is just, and that was when they were sitting at 35,000. Now they're at 50 and who knows what they'll be at when people, you know, when, when people are actually listening to this podcast, other than, you know, the $10 people who are listening live right now. So, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, uh, hopefully what I wanted to do today was to provide some context like you did in that paywall article that you wrote. Way back when, when they were sitting at, you know, 36,000 tickets <laughs> right. sold. I had to update that thing um, twice while writing it. And then now at this point, it's like, if you read it now, you're like, Rich, what are you, why are you being so like, because I'm like, hey, 20,000 is a hell of an accomplishment. <laughs> it's pretty good. You know what I mean? Like, I wrote it in that context of like, whoa, hey, they're going to sell at least 20,000. And then at the end, I have to say, well, actually, it's 35,000. And then a day later, I had to say, oh, it's actually 46. And now it's 50. It's like, all right, it's complete. They've blown past everything. But yeah, it, it's, it's, you need to look at that. And, and, and the, the whole point of the article. Article and the whole point of this segment is basically just uh, again we're starting to reach the point where the, anybody who's coming out with the doom and gloom and the chicken little sky is falling shit with AEW you got to stop you, you just have to it, it's it's at this point you got to get your head wrapped around the fact that this company is approaching five years they're selling ungodly amounts of tickets to to the show in Wembley. Yes, the TV ratings forbidden are door forbidden door to, is going to sell a shit ton. They're going to be at the United yeah. Center again and probably sell a shit ton of tickets uh, to For that CM as well. Punk's return. CM Punk's return. And, they and sell then, more pay-per-views then, than any other company post WCW does as well in terms of, of people they got all out coming up too. Yeah. Yeah. They're going to sell a shit ton of things. Yeah. I mean, they're going to sell know, a bunch of like, tickets. They're going to sell a bunch of pay-per-views. And, and the other thing too. So, okay. From a ticket standpoint, they're doing better than anybody's done since WCW. They're doing the best of any other non-WWE American company. At, you know, in, in the last 30 years or whatever, in terms of, t- uh, of, of buying pay-per-views, I mean, fuck, they're doing better than WCW was in, in, in some of their peak peak moments, you know, in terms of like, you know, 1998, uh, in terms of people paying $60 to watch their pay-per-views, like nobody's doing it. Nobody did that. No, I mean, again, and t- hold on now. Yeah, and you, you keep saying non-American. They're selling more tickets than peak New Japan. True. Yeah, right, right. I do, do have to qualify that. I mean, because, you know, it, like people will do the, the, the doom and gloom when they sell 6,000 tickets to a TV taping and 6,000 was a nice house for peak new Japan. You know, I'm not even knocking new Japan like new Japan goes on their tour. And even when they were red hot, super peak, they'd hit some of those smaller towns and do 800 under a thousand, you know? And then the, the big tour enders, you know, 6,000 would be a, you know, a, a nice house. You know, New Japan wasn't racking up five figure attendances all year. Only what, you know, for the G1s at, you know, and, 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 and the G1 finals and bigger shows like Dominion and obviously Wrestle Kingdom. And again, this isn't me knocking New Japan. It's giving a point of comparison yeah. to what AEW is doing. And people will hyper focus when they put 6,000 people in a basketball arena for TV. And I'm not saying that's like great or ideal or what they want to do. But then look what they do for these big shows. 
And, you know, and then the, the, I presume they're going to have Arthur Ashe coming up again in September like they always do. So they've got multiple million-dollar houses. And it's going to be a huge summer. For oh, them. yeah. It's going to okay. be a huge summer. And, and, yeah, so they're selling tickets. They're selling pay-per-views. And then the other thing with the TV is, yeah, you can get doom and gloom about the TV or whatever. I don't know why, though, because Turner just keeps giving them shows and keeps making sure that 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 AEW is on Turner Broadcasting, no matter what. Like they 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 give them all access, they give them Collision, they want exclusive rights, so they tell them not to do Dark and Dark Elevation anymore. They give them Rampage, you know, a couple years ago. They they anything that's making you think, anything that's pointing you in the direction of, oh man, I don't know about Turner, oh man, this new lady took over Turner and she's not going to like pro wrestling or whatever. Like, what are you talking about? Like what? At this point, it's just like all the similar to the anybody who spins the the Wembley stuff, anybody who's still doing doom and gloom, chicken little shit about AEW's future prospects and business or whatever probably should start getting ignored because it's just like there's so many signs right now that this is a a mostly healthy company. Yes, you can. Hell, we haven't liked the recent shows. You've been very vocal about not liking the recent shows that that, you know, it is what it is. But like double or nothing's going to happen. It's probably going to do pretty damn good on pay-per-view. And then, like you said, the massive, massive summer coming up that that hopefully the shows realign with the business because the business is doing pretty good right now. And, and, And yeah, Turner is obviously happy with them. The ticket buying audience is happy with their major shows. And yeah, the ticket, you know, the pay-per-view buying audience is also happy with their major shows too. So that's it. Like there, there we go. I mean, I don't know what else you need out of this company, you know, to, to, to understand what they're doing business-wise and how unprecedented they, it is in this modern era of professional wrestling that is not in a boom period, that is not in its healthiest state that it's ever been. Like the fact they're doing all this stuff and it's, and they're doing well is, is pretty damn good. And, and, and the fact that WWE has also sort of, you know, done well as well. I mean, in the last year, they have clearly turned the page a lot in, in terms of their business and, and whatnot. And it, it, it hasn't really affected the dollars for AEW and it doesn't look to affect the TV deal and it doesn't affect look to affect their major ticket sales or whatever. If you want to say it affects their week-to-week ratings or whatever or their attendance on, on a weekly dynamite, okay, you know, okay, fine. I, I I'll listen to that. But in terms of the major business metrics of this company, it's still extremely, extremely healthy and, and, and should be, you know, congratulated for where they're at with less than five years in existence, which again, I, I we have to preface it by that. They're, they're not even five years old at this point. <laughs> you know, we're, we're talking five years since the concept of AEW started. And the fact that they're already at these levels is a huge, huge accomplishment. And oh yeah, there was a fucking pandemic in the middle of that. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like basically scratch yeah. one year off of that because they had one year basically just immediately lit on fire because of the pandemic. And we just talked about how much that derailed the new Japan who were peaking right as the pandemic happened, right? You know, a couple months before the, literally two months before the pandemic happened, they had just drawn 70,000 fans. And now they're fighting and scratching to, to rebuild, which is going to be a major theme of the second hour of our show today. But um, look, this show is going to do a seven, eight, nine, $10 million gate. They're going to make so much money off of this show. It, it's costing them 400 grand to rent that building. That's four hundred stupid. That's so stupid, so, cheap. Yeah. <laughs> even if it cost, how many t- cost, how many tickets was that that they had to get to? You like that's like what a thousand tickets or whatever at the pre- like what are, not a thousand? What what are we talking ticket wise? Like what did they have to do to to get even to 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 make their you know money back on the stadium purchase? How many tickets sold? Because I mean, obviously they blew that away in in two minutes. But, well, yeah, I just told you one hundred thirty dollars is the average. Okay, ticket sold. okay. So you can do here. Here's um, you could do that in your head. So just just it would be. <laughs> so you think? No, I can't. It would be four hundred thousand divided by one hundred thirty bucks. It'd be something like 
a little over two thousand tickets three, or whatever. Yeah, or three. no, over three thousand. Oh, right. 3, See, this is why. This is why I had you do it. it, it pull out a calculator. It's going to be between. <laughs> to be like thirty one hundred dollars or something. Okay. So, thirty one hundred uh, tickets. I mean, um, at at one hundred thirty dollars a ticket would come out to four hundred thousand dollars, right? I think yeah. I did that right. Yeah, yeah. So sure. <laughs> um, yeah. So I mean, you know, even if it cost. Two million dollars. Right, they're 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 to, up they're up over four million already. Right to fly everybody in, to to put them in hotels, to get your get your whole crew over there. You're still they're still going to make millions and millions of dollars on this show. And oh, by the way, we all know it's going to be on pay per view. They haven't said so, but why would you? And if it's not, there's going to be some kind of broadcasting deal for this show. You're not going to leave all that money on the table. You're not going to run a house show with 75,000 people in the building with some of the biggest matches that you've ever run. So there's that end of it, too, that, you know, eventually is going to have to be factored in. You know, whether somebody buys the rights to air it or whether it airs on pay-per-view, whatever the fuck. You know, so, um, yeah, I don't know what else to say. I mean, I'm sure we're going to be talking about this every week until the show happens. I don't even know when the show is. When is this fucking show? This show is on August, August 27th. August 27th. Yes. And, and it's, I, I know some people are saying, oh, put it on HBO Max or whatever. Or, or sorry, sorry, not HBO Max. Max, the new rebranded yeah. Max or whatever. Um, Sure, you could do that if they really, really. But like if you're Warner, who is also, you know, has vested interest in AEW and I know that AEW's business people are probably going to say, hey, no, let's just sell pay-per-views to this thing. Like, let's not chase this streaming thing. <laughs> like, there's no point in, you know, I, I think AEW has been very smart about that. Unless, of course, if, if Warner's going to say, hey, give a, here's this truckload of money. Let us have your shows on, on Max or whatever. Then, yeah, obviously you do that. But but it is imperative that AEW business people, and I'm sure they would do this too, say, hey, look, you know, we stand to make a lot more money, you know every quarter if we just keep these things on pay-per-view and 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 yeah we can put it on br live or whatever we can find a way to make it a purchase on max or whatever like there's gonna be ways to do that the idea that i i i would be stunned stunned if this thing is just free to stream on hbo max you know like i i i think a lot of money would have to be transacted to to get to that level well yeah the amount would be you walk in the room and say our biggest pay-per-view did two hundred and ten thousand buys or whatever that punk all all out pay-per-view did or all in i get confused all, all out, out. So that was an all out right. yeah uh and and say we made x amount of dollars and we feel like this can do that uh, above and beyond that number so you need to give us x amount to stream this thing that's what you walk in the room and say and if they don't want to do it you okay fine you put it on pay-per-view right and they're gonna probably You're still make a little they're gonna get a little cut of that anyway <laughs> i mean they're gonna make some money on that too probably with yeah. br live or whether they have a percentage of of, of the company or whatever whatever that what, again not knowing the exact this ledger or whatever like yeah that, that's advantageous for warner too to say oh okay well we can chase this streaming thing if we want and and I feel like who know? I mean, who knows? I, I feel like we've had a, a pretty big reckoning over the last 
year or so in terms of everybody chasing streaming and tasting these streaming numbers. But with that said, Peacock is still touting, you know, wait, 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 WWE gave us 30% year over year growth or whatever. It's like, all right, cool. What does that mean in terms of dollars? Well, we still lost, you know, $400 million this quarter, but, but we have uh, the users are the, you know, I feel like if you're Warner, you also have to say, okay, yeah, we want Max to be successful, but if you guys are going to be able to sell us X amount of, of, of pay-per-views or whatever, and we're going to get whatever percentage of that, it just makes more sense to put this thing on BR Live, put this thing on traditional pay-per-view or whatever. Or, yeah, you, you pony up the cash and say, all right, and AEW says, hey, if you guys want to pay us X, then, yeah, we'll stream it on Max, and then you can get a bunch of signups to Max. Perfect. Let's do it. Yeah. You know, they're in, a, it would they're be, in an advantageous it, position. <laughs> One way or another, they they're going to sell a fucking ton of pay-per-views, or they're, they're going to get a shitload money. of money from Max. Either way. Well, that's, what I, that's why I said you're going to make money for the distribution of this show yes. in some form. Okay, so there's that factor as well. And and the other thing you have to remember, it would be two pay-per-views on back-to-back weeks with All Out with yeah. it, or within. So maybe the reason they've been cagey about announcing what this is, and especially with all the corporate tie-ins, the 100 years of Wembley and the ties in with, with WBD, maybe there's already some kind of deal baked into this with running Wembley, getting a deal on it, and the distribution of the show. Maybe that's why they haven't said whether this is going to be a... It's something feels shady about all of this in terms of them not telling everyone how they can watch it. Is that a tactic to sell more tickets? I I, I don't know what's going on, but um, you know, eventually they're going to announce something. Now, look, this show is not till almost September. This show isn't until football season. Mm-hmm. They have so much time to sell these fucking That's tickets. What I said they they're playing with house money now, man. They can have a lot of fun with this thing, even when this thing. You know, when the bulk of them are sold, you know, after two or three weeks of the general sale, and let's say they're sitting at like 63,000 or 68,000, you're still going to get trickles of ticket sales for like three months. I mean, this thing could do 80,000. This is why I'm saying they're allowed to dream now. You know, the sky is the limit on what this thing could do. When before you even put the tickets on sale, You've sold 50,000 of them. Rich, it's absurd. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's wild. Uh, <laughs> it's, it blew away any of my expectations that I had for this. And, and, and yeah, it's going to be fun now. And like you said, the fun kind of starts now of, of, of how you play around with this thing, what you do, who you announce, how you announce it, what matches you announce, all those sort of things. I mean, you can. Uh, here's what you do. You give you you put up the greatest lineup of matches you've ever done because then you could come back to this building. Yeah. And I'm not putting the cart before the horse here or anything. Don't think they're not thinking about that because if you do a $10 million gate, you're coming back and you can't come back. Well, you can, but you want to come back after giving people the show of their life, right? Give them this, give them the sting retirement, give them Osprey Omega two, Give them whatever big program. Look, this is months away. I don't even know what the big programs are going to be then. Because anything going on TV four, right now is four pillars be part long three. Over. Four four pillars part three. The official. Please We're gonna... don't give us that. Please. <laughs> maybe we must maybe, have a conclusion maybe, of the four pillars storyline, and you can see it at Webley Stadium live. Maybe by August twenty seventh, Jay White can cut a promo. Maybe that could happen by then. Maybe we could do maybe Ricky Jay Starks. White's yeah, maybe Ricky Starks could find his way around a promo one of these days. Yeah, maybe maybe August twenty seventh could be touted as Jay White's first promo. 
in AEW. But uh, they can just yeah, debut him. They can just pretend that he actually hasn't debuted and just say Jay White's debuting. Like take him off TV for a little while and yeah. then start running graphics that says he debuts. I'm positive that you can get at least get 45 percent of your audience to not remember that he was even debuted. Yeah, if you pull him off TV right this second <laughs> right, and never right. talk about him again. <laughs> right. I feel like, like if, if in two months, if you say, Jay White <laughs> comes to AEW, yeah. I think you get a pop. I think you get a pop where people genuinely might not remember that that man was there. Yeah, but I mean, who knows? Just you, you make it as special as possible. And, you know, I know you have All Out a week later or a week before, whatever it is. And I know you have Forbidden Door. And I know you have, uh, you know, Grand Slam a month later. Look. They're, they're fucking – they they're going to rent the United Center for collision, probably CM Punk's return. Yeah. I, you know, I, again, I That's I a big building. about that. It's a big building. Fucking CM, CM Punk is coming back. <laughs> I mean, they're set up for an enormous summer. It's going to be great for them and us this summer. AEW, get into it. Speaking of which, Rich. Speaking of which, Rich. That's tricky to That's say. That's a tough one. Yeah, nice job. Nicely Speaking done. Speaking of which, Rich, um, there is no, I am sad to report, there is no Thursday Dynamite review next week. Oh, uh, man. Now, listen, I, I know what a lot of people are thinking. I've been run off by the Freakazoids. <laughs> yeah, I, I, we um, made a business decision that uh, you've just lost too many of our subscribers and, and the Freakazoids have spoken and you must go. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, there is no Thursday Dynamite review next week. I regret to inform the uh, the, the $5 subscribers, but we've got great news for the $10 subscribers, Rich, because we're going instant reaction live. Hell yeah, we are. Next yes. Week. Yeah. Next week after immediately following dynamite next week, that is the Moxley versus Omega cage match. A few other things announced. Looks like a pretty big show. Hopefully a, a, a nice course correction for where we've been the last couple of weeks. And I didn't mind. I, I thought this week's show was pretty good. I know that you were kind of indifferent on it, but uh, this uh, next week, Moxley Omega in a cage seems like a big one. And yeah, we're going to be doing instant reaction live immediately following. We've done a good anytime we've done this, these AEW dynamite instant reaction lives. They've been pretty good. We did one for punk versus is Mox, and that ended up being, you know, a, a monumental moment in AW history with the, uh, you know, the, the 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 punk broken foot match, and and yeah, anytime we've done it, we've we've usually done a pretty good job of of, de- of determining this is going to be a big show, this is going to be a monumental show, this is one to definitely do it, uh, and this is a week that we both decided was going to be a great one to do it. So yes, Instant Reaction Live next week, immediately following Dynamite on Wednesday. That is going to be available on the ten dollar tier, uh, flagship Patreon.com, Patreon.com slash Voices of Wrestling. Or VoicesWrestling.com slash Patreon. Yes, immediately following the show, about five to ten minutes afterwards, we will review and recap every single moment. And uh, hopefully uh, be a good show, and hopefully that'll be a great match, and, and there'll be plenty to talk about, but I'm sure uh, we will have a lot to talk about. Because, yeah, it, it, any, anytime. Like, we, we've we've only done maybe, I think, like four or five Dynamites that we've decided. We did The Winter is Coming with uh, Hangman and uh, uh, and Danielson, and that ended up being incredible. It was a great, great match. We did The Mox and, the, and, and CM Punk. Like, we usually nail these. So, yeah, if, if, if we're doing one, that means it's probably going to be a pretty monumental or pretty great show. So, yeah, I definitely want to get in on the $10 tier, uh, flagshippatreon.com, for Instant Reaction Live next week for AEW Dynamite. Yeah, you're going to want to, if you're on the $5 tier and, and uh, you like listening to those Dynamite reviews, you're going to want to get up to that $10 tier. And listen, if you're not a subscriber, you're going to want to get on $10 tier. And this is, you know, look, double or nothing is this month anyway. 
So, you know, that's, you know, I keep, I think people keep forgetting that's at the end of May. It's like May 28th or something like that. Yeah. So, yeah. Right. Right. May, uh, I believe it is May 28th. Yeah. So this is, if you're going to listen to that, if you're going to listen to Instant Reaction Live for that, just, just pay, get on the $10. Yeah, just here do $10 now. now. <laughs> you're going to pay $10 on March 28th or you're going to pay $10 now. You're going to get all the live shows in between then. And you're going to also get the, yeah, the Instant Reaction Live for next week. If you're going to listen to Double or Nothing anyway, why not? What are you doing? Just do it on May fifth because then your subscription will run through to June fifth, and it'll and it'll cover double or nothing. So um, if you're one of those people that bounces back and forth from five to ten based on the instant reaction lives, this is the perfect time to get on because you're going to get at least two of them between now and and June fourth. So um, and if you're not a subscriber, well, you know you're going to get two instant reaction lives if uh, if you sub before Wednesday as well. So uh, that's what we have coming up. On that end of things, uh, we may as well do a commercial for the Patreon before we move on to New Japan then, since we're talking about it anyway. Uh, Rich, you've got the new series up. Why don't you tell people what that's all about? Yeah, yeah. we got Sky's the Limit. It's a Cruiserweight Classic retrospective series, because believe it or not, it's been seven years since the Cruiserweight Classic. So yeah, Sky's the Limit. Two episodes are up uh, right now. There's an episode zero, which kind of goes over the history and the background uh, of the Cruiserweight Classic, how it got announced, how it came together, why it came together, a little bit of the, the, the good and the bad and the evil of it as well that you know we touch on, uh, that we you know talked about in real time in 2016 about, hey, yeah, this is a pretty fun tournament, but there's some real motives behind why this thing is happening. And there's some real, you know, reasons why that WWE has decided to do this tournament and air it on the network and do all these sort of things. And it wasn't just a sell network subscription. So uh, we touch on that. I, I, I give you some historical context for, you know, the playbook, the Vince McMahon playbook is what I call it, that that, that Paul Levesque did uh, with the Cruiserweight Classic, which, again, not not really that positive in a lot of ways, but uh, we dig into that in episode zero. Uh, and then episode one covers week one of the Cruiserweight Classic, and that's, you know, four matches. Kota Bushi uh, has his debut match in the Cruiserweight Classic there. Ho-Ho Loon, uh, Dragon Gate uh, English commentators on that uh, episode as well. Cedric Alexander, a few other guys as well. And 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 what we do with every one of those episodes is we go into, you know, we review the matches, of course. Hey, this is what happened in the match. Here's who won. Here's my rating or whatever. Uh, but we also do a postscript about every single guy. So once they get eliminated, that is our time to say, okay, let's talk about about this guy because you're no longer going to see Arya Davari. So what happened to Arya Davari in the in the, in the years that have followed the Cruiserweight Classic? What happened to Sean Maluda uh, in the years that followed the Cruiserweight Classic? And obviously that's not going to be as interesting for some of the first round guys, but we'll get a little bit more interesting as we get into hey, what happened with Kota Bushi after? What happened to Zack Sabre Jr. and and you know a lot of the guys are going to get signed, so we're going to talk about them when they get signed and all that sort of stuff. So yeah, it's 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 real in depth. Like the you know we're not just I'm not just giving you four match reviews and we're in and out in 15 minutes. Like it, it's it's 45 minutes. It's an hour really digging into the matches, really digging into the, 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 the stories of every guy coming into the match. And then obviously, yeah, reviewing the match, rating the match, but then talking about what happens to people after the Cruiserweight Classic. So it's been a lot of fun. Uh, great reviews for it so far, and I'm excited to do it. Have notes already uh, ready to go for the next couple of weeks. Also going to have some guests uh, along the way as well. So it's not just me yammering on by myself uh, every single time. So, yeah, some fun, fun stories coming up uh, in the Cruiserweight Classic. So, yeah, seven years to the day, which seems unbelievable. It seems both like, oh, yeah, that doesn't seem that long ago. And also like, oh, my God, the Cruiserweight Classic was so long ago. It feels like 20 years ago. Uh, so that's a lot of fun. And then obviously the write-up that I did uh, that we talked about at the beginning of the show in terms of the Wembley Stadium and, and, and the ratings and all that sort of stuff that, uh, you, you know, or, or the, the, the Wembley Stadium, the, the, the attendance and just what an ungodly, insane, crazy number that is. And and, and again, keep, that, keep in mind that I wrote that on like, you know, Monday or Tuesday when I thought 20,000 was good and 25,000 was good. And they've already, you know, doubled that. They're up to 50,000 at this point. So just some historical context for what AEW business is doing right now and why we need to maybe just 
start recognizing that they're doing something unprecedented and pretty damn cool. So that's what I got going on in the Patreon. Uh, but Joe, you got some other, uh, some other stuff as well that you want to uh, plug if you can. Uh, you're you're going to have guests on that show, you say? Yeah. You know, I got to talk to that mailman because my invitation must have been <laughs> lost in the mail. I, I, uh, he, I talk to you all the that, time. I'm not going to talk to you again. I talk to you enough. But uh, hey, if you got an episode you want to do. My mailman, is always, he's always a problem, this guy. You know, I, sh- I should call and ask for his supervisor. You know, I have a, little, I have a lot of and, trouble uh, with my mail, too. I don't get mail for, for days, and then sometimes I get other people's mail. Yeah, it's or I always get other people's mail. Uh, but, you uh, know, where I, where I live is considered rural. So my mailman gets to use, like, gets to not wear the outfit. He could wear street clothes. Oh, wow. Yeah, and he and he doesn't drive like the the little mail vehicle either. He can just use whatever vehicle he wants. Like that, like if you're rural, they just get to like do whatever the fuck they want. Like if you're considered rural, like I don't even live like in the middle of nowhere, but they haven't like rezoned all that shit. I guess I'm still considered rural. So this guy, he's too lackadaisical. Yeah, for my t- liking, t- why don't you talk guy? to him next you time? Know, why, why don't you wait? What time yeah. does he deliver the mail usually? I think you should you should wait on the stoop. Do you have a stoop, Joe? Do you have a porch or yeah, stoop? I, what do you got? No, no, no. Well, we got uh, a veranda. Do you have a veranda? No, no, no. We're in one of these subdivisions where all the mailboxes are in a central location. Oh, so so you can't even really confront him that well. Well, that's the problem. He he doesn't know one box from the other. So, yeah, it's probably it probably went to your neighbor. I'm going to go give this guy a stern talking to and say, look, I'm trying to get on um, flying high. (laughs) Sky's the limit. It's the name of the the show. Yes. And, uh, you know, my invitation. (laughs) Flying high. Flying. (laughs) (laughs) Should get Gary Michael Capetta to record that. And it's it's flying. Brian. You might be able to get him. I was going to say it's not unrealistic, man. Man is alive and probably willing to work. Yeah. Uh, Penzer follows us. You can get Penzer. Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. He'll, he'll he'll like a tweet every so often. I always like when I'm like, he oh man. Interacts. Yeah. Get David Penzer. I bet he'd do it. Um, one one other quick thought, and we'll do New Japan. You know, with Collision starting, and I wrote that I wrote this behind the paywall in my last batch of show reviews. Okay, I went in depth on this, but I want your thought on this. I think with Collision starting, it's automatically going to make rampage better even if rampage remains exactly the same and doesn't make a single change let me explain because as it is now people judge rampage as if it's the other important show as if it's smackdown right and it's never booked like one so then everybody says ah fucking rampage sucks look at that terrible lineup i'm not watching that but if you put collision in the mix now, obviously, Collision is the 1B to the 1A, or however you want to term it, right? Now there's truly two A shows with Dynamite and Collision. That that takes pressure off of what Rampage needs to be. And now, all of a sudden, Rampage becomes this zany little Friday night, late night show where it doesn't really matter what the content is because it's like, late night wrestling on a friday that you can it you know it, what it, what it so ends you're up saying becoming, you're saying we need primetime wrestling we need big show at a table you know with 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 cards cut into what you know, i'm saying is yeah. it can be exactly what it is now but but because of the presence of collision no one's gonna give a shit it's just whatever it, people aren't gonna care anymore that it's a jade car kill squash and you know, uh, matches that are inconsequential to the greater canon of the of the AEW universe. They're going to view it through the lens of the wacky late night Friday show, and it, it, it's not going to be judged as harshly. And now it's going to become their velocity. 
or their WCW Saturday night once Nitro became a thing and Jimmy Hart was booking it, right? And it was kind of like this, or WCW Pro, where it was like, yeah, it takes a total hardcore freakazoid to watch it, but if you want to see the Armstrongs take on high voltage, you got to be locked into WCW Pro. Now, if that was an important show, you'd all be mad that it's the Armstrongs versus high voltage. But because it's WCW Pro, it's fun and it's zany. That's what Rampage is going to be now. It's going to be like what Velocity was, where all the hardcore fans would watch Velocity because you'd see all like the work rate guys get to wrestle each other for seven, eight minutes. So I think Collision is inadvertently going to... You watch. I, I, I'm i telling you, check back eight to ten months after Collision debuts, and I bet you people are talking about Rampage like it's this hot little cult show that no one's paying attention to, but that people should be watching. That's what's going to happen with no changes whatsoever. They're still going to be doing ROH trios title matches that nobody cares about and, and all the same goofy shit that they're doing now. But because there's no longer any pressure on it to be something that it's not, people are going to uh, talk about. Because let me tell you something. Most of the time, Rampage is still pretty good in a vacuum. You know, it has and it does good it numbers too. I think the other funny thing about all the rampage stuff is like it's on Friday at like some horrific time, and it gets moved around all the time. It still does pretty good numbers. Everybody laughs at the numbers, but it's like it's a Friday night, <laughs> you know, eight p.m. Like at ten p.m. Like those are good numbers. Like everyone's like, oh, in the mud. Ah, da, da. It's like look at what the other shows are doing at at ten p.m. Eastern on on you know on on cable television. That's a pretty fucking good number. Again, it speaks to our point that like Turner is probably over the moon. Hey awesome we could play some dumb shit movie in this spot and, and get killed or we can get really good ratings and 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 maybe get some good ad rates on, on a thing that people are watching live like yeah it, it's it's of course it's valuable to, to the point so yeah I, I i think i definitely think that collision is gonna make rampage feel because it seems for right now for right now obviously that that the, the idea with collision is that it is going to be a bigger deal that it is going to get some backing to it or whatever and and hell we thought about the same thing about rampage now that now the, the the thing that you do hope is that they don't also succumb to all right well now you know now we just have a third show and it doesn't also it also doesn't really matter that much you know you know because right. then well, that's the thing it's it's hard to trust because they told us rampage would be an a show it quickly became a b show very quickly, it got dark. argued. You you'd say you called it a B show, and people would, some people would stop you dead in your tracks and say it's not a B show. It's not hey, a. Hey, I was hey, I was wrong about that. I thought Tony Khan would learn from the mistakes other promoters made in and truly keep Rampage as an A show, but he didn't. He lost interest in it, like Vince McMahon always lost interest in his new in his new toys. Yeah, WWE lost interest in Thunder about you know three months in. Yeah, exactly, and the same thing happened to Rampage. They told us Dark Elevation would be different than Dark, and it was for about a month. They told us uh, Battle of the Belts was going to be, the, and it's a little one hour. It's basically a one hour extension of Rampage once every three months, right? They told us ROH was going to be, and we just went over all of the problems with ROH, and it already feels like it's something that's secondary. So it's fair to keep them at arm's length when it comes to collision, but the major difference is if this is going to be where CM Punk is sequestered, it has no choice but to be an A-show. Okay? So the best possible outcome for Collision to truly remain an A-show is for CM Punk and the Elite to never make up. Because if that, if that, if if they never make up and CM Punk has to be <laughs> you sequestered have to, to Saturdays. You have to keep them on Saturdays, yeah. Yeah, then it has to be an A-show. But if those guys all go to dinner and hash it out and do the man hug where they pat each other on the back 
to make sure it's not too intimate of a hug. You know the man hug. Oh yeah, you of know, course, of course. Come here for the hug, but you got to do the pat on the back. So, you so you're you're, you you're a pat on the back guy because some people do the fist and then they hit you with the back of the, like the back of the fist thing. I'm you a backpack I mean? guy. I'm a backpack guy too. Yeah, I think a backpack is 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 yeah. it's the closest yeah. thing to a, just a real hug. Or you know, there's some friends that you know you, you gotta you gotta know. What, yeah, there, there's some friends I'll give a nice big there's hug too. Yeah. Right, right. But you know the you know if they all go to dinner and then give each other the, the backpack hug and, yeah, the man and hash hug. it out, right? Then collisions in trouble. Okay, let's be honest. Okay, it's gonna go down that same road. But uh anyway, I just wanted to bring up that quick rampage point. I, you watch. Rampage is gonna become like this cult favorite after being <laughs> uh, well, especially with no dark and dark elevation. Yeah, there there there's yeah. there's a certain cause the real sicko, like the problem with dark, the thing with dark too is like in the last year, like nobody talks about dark. Like I don't even know dark exists. <laughs> like it, it, but there was a while where it was like the hey, you know what I mean? Like there's some good stuff going. Like there was those people, the real, the real hardcores that were watching dark and being like, hey, look, that's one of the best show. I, I'm telling you, man, you got to start watching dark. And then you click the file and it was like three and a half hours. And you're like, no, I'm I'm good. I, during those like peak pandemic era darks, so we were just everybody just yeah, wanted yeah. something. They're like, just give me something that makes me yeah. feel feel again. I just want to feel again. And yeah, there, but like the last year the last year like nobody did. but yeah you're like rampage could become that new sort of hipsterish show where it's like i'm telling you man there's pretty good stuff on there you know darby versus anthony henry pretty good just saying you should go check that match out or whatever so and that's yeah, fine that's yeah. a good spot for rampage to be in someone in the chat said they need to move rampage up to 7 p.m wrong i think they need to move it back to two in the morning just like, make it for I, real sickos just the absolute yes shotgun saturday night level yeah i like that super gritty you know like watching ecw on msg like just move that fucker back, go all the way with it. Put yeah, the, I had to watch. I had to watch my ECW was one a.m. on the Gary Indiana channel. Uh, I could get it. My my parents had a UHF TV uh, up in the attic, so I'd plug that motherfucker in on like Fridays at one p at one a.m. or whatever. I guess Saturday mornings at one a.m. and then yeah, boom, there was there was ECW. So it felt like I wasn't supposed to be able to get it. You know what I mean? Like it felt like I had to move the antennas a little bit, and all of a sudden, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, like through the through the noise, all of a sudden here's you know. Oh, you're Sabu, you know, the homicidal suicide. I'm like, oh man, here we go. <laughs> like, I shouldn't you be watching this. Like, why is this even available to me? This is yeah. incredible. Like, I, you want, I, I, you're right. That, that's, it needs you to felt be 2 like you were getting one. You felt like you were getting one over on the television. Right. Like, I just, I just had things in the right direction. The wind right. came the right way, and boom, here it is. Like, you know, 911 <laughs> showing up on my television. I'm like, oh, incredible. Like, yeah. I'm, I'm fucking... Take that, Gary, Indiana. <laughs> right. I'm picking up that signal. <laughs> yeah, right, right. You know, it was like 62 on my UHF or what? I don't even remember how the hell I got it. It was just incredible. Yeah, it'd have to be a clear night, but you know, it, 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 <laughs> right? It, 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 well, yeah, it wasn't always good. Yeah, I mean, yeah. but I, I wasn't sure if that was ECW's production values or my UHF TV. It was, it was, you know, a little bit of a, a little bit of B most of the time. So, yeah, there you go. So that that is uh, that's that's AEW. So let's uh, let's talk. You want to talk uh, New Japan Pro Wrestling? We got some. Some stuff going on in New Japan, Joe. I'm excited about my uh, my New Japan. Uh, after Wrestling Dontaku, uh, that was on May 3rd, uh, 4,489 in Fukuoka. I think that they're still doing some weird restriction things because they call this a sellout, but I think this building does seven to 8,000 or whatever. I don't know anymore. I'm at this the point capacity. where I'm, I'm done. I'm done. I'm, I'm sick of talking yeah. about Japanese attendance. I don't get it anymore. I don't understand it anymore. I'm out. If we're still doing COVID things, I'm done. I don't. I don't care anymore. Whatever. The the total capacity in Fukuoka is six thousand. Okay, but now what it is is every 
I think how it is now is the venues get to decide how they handle the COVID now. Okay, great. And they and they set up this show for forty five hundred fans. So everyone was real excited when this thing sold out very quickly right after they announced Sonata versus Hiromu. And who's to say it may have sold out anyway with a full venue? But I know I was a little let down when I saw the attendance and I was like forty four eighty nine. I'm like they announced this as a sellout, but you know, and then you do a little research and you know you talk to people in Japan. Uh, we have a lot of people that live in Japan in the Discord, and it was explained that uh, the building was set up for forty five hundred in this case, and it was technically a sellout because they sold every ticket available. It is so. The COVID stuff in Japan, I mean, it's just it, – it. listen, at this point, what are we doing? I mean, COVID is just something that is now, okay? I mean, I, what are we doing? Like, it's not it, – this thing's not going away. And right. Selling 2,000 less tickets to a show is not going to somehow not create – like, you're either going to get it or you're not going to get it. You either had it or you didn't have it. You know what I mean? Like, I don't think – it, it exists now. Yeah. We can't – you know, it just it, – it, it's just a thing that exists now. You're like, not avoiding it by taking 2,000 seats away from people at, in, in the Fukuoka gym or whatever. It's like, what are we doing? Come on. It's just an unfortunate thing that exists. Like, yes. my kids are going to grow up not knowing a world that never had COVID. And it's and, and it's always going to exist. So, I mean, I don't know. We can keep, like, hiding. I mean, the rest of the world's not hiding from this thing anymore. I, I, I don't know. I You know, I, it's like, in the early days of this stuff, it's like, all right, different countries are going to do their own thing. It ain't my business. But at this point, it's like they feel like the last ones left. <laughs> and I've been to I've yeah. been to other countries, you know, since COVID. And it's like nobody else cares anymore. You know, Ireland didn't care anymore. America largely doesn't care anymore. It's just like, yeah, all right. It's it's a thing, you know, and if you know, you're on a plane and you want to do whatever. Like, I'm not going to get into it. But like, yeah, it's all like, it, you know, at this yeah, point, yeah. if you want to do what you're going to do to protect yourself, go for it. Knock yourself out. There's a lot of options. You can you can do this. You can do that. You can get stuff delivered. You can, you know, there's if you are still concerned about there's a lot of ways that you can go through life and a lot of things that will accommodate you now. And that's good. And that's great. I, I, I appreciate that. And there's been a lot of things that have evolved over the last couple of years that make it a lot easier if you're still a little, you know, hey, I'm not sure about this. Great. Or, hey, I'm, you know, I, I'm more susceptible to. OK, great. There's a lot of ways that you can still live a pretty fruitful life and and and, and try to. But like, yeah, at, the, at this point, like, what are we doing? Not selling 2000 tickets. Point, to a show. Who are we? Who are we protecting right. at this point? If, if you're that. If you're still worried because you're immunocompromised or whatever, then just don't buy tickets to a wrestling show. You know, you know, if I if I felt I was high risk for this stuff, I'd probably just fucking hang out in the house. You know, and I don't know. There were probably another fifteen hundred people that would have bought tickets to this. Sure, thing, absolutely. In all honesty, well, and you know, it just it, makes it so. Uh, like historically, I don't know how we're ever going to be able to judge Japanese attendances ever again. Like I, we're going to have to at least at some point, I guess. There will be a time. I, I thought we were already past that. Sometime there will be a, when there's no restrictions and nobody does anything, and we can say, "All right, starting now and moving on, we can." But like, it sucks so much. Because yeah, I was like, "All right, let's talk about this attendance." And it's like, I don't know, is this a good number, a bad number? I don't know. It's not a bad number. It's not a good. I don't know what it is anymore. It's like well, it's a, they sold it's every ticket. They, of, yeah, they sold every ticket. All right, that's you know, I guess that's good then. That's a, a good number. It's a sellout of forty five hundred fans. I mean, I, I watched the Noah show today. You can't do year over years because. Last year, there were all these weird restrictions, and Noah, you know, sold a few more tickets than they did the year before in that building. But I don't know what the restrictions were last year to this year. And and now next year, we can't do year over years either, <laughs> right, because right. as you can see, there's still certain <laughs> venues that are, you know, we just talked about Wrestle Kingdom, how it was still weird, the cheering and non-cheering sections. So it's going to take an even extra year after that where you could even do year over year comparisons. But um, 
Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, uh, technically a, a quote-unquote sellout, okay? Um, I brought back the Lanza Lens. I dusted that off. <laughs> the lands of lands. I did. I did see that. Yeah, I was kind of. I was stunned. I was like, "Is this a mistake? Did Joe like sit on his phone and record a lands of lands?" I was like, "Uh oh, <laughs> this might not be good." Like, what did he do here? You know? That's never good. <laughs> yeah, it's right. I was good. thinking, "Oh man, he, what? I don't know what Lanza was doing when this thing got hit, but uh, I better check this real quick because I jumped to it right away. Like, I don't know if he was, you know." The K, you know, him and him and TLB were having a having a moment, and the cat stepped on this thing or whatever. I better see what's on this, you know. But uh, it it turns out it was uh, nothing explicit. You know, a, Lanza, a Lanza OnlyFans. I mean, that would do big business. But um, the Lanza lens is back. Old school subscribers remember the Lanza lens from many years ago. Many that was like that was pandemic. Pre, right? That was yeah, like when we first started the Patreon in like 2018. Patreon sold the lens as like, hey, this is a real good way to like get down with your subscribers or whatever we're yeah. like okay and it really i mean it, it's fine it's okay but yeah they well it still stinks like it doesn't work on doesn't half of the work. apps yeah, and right well like because uh, they sold it as this like huge feature and we used it like crazy we're like all right we got to use this thing thinking that everybody did and then we looked around and nobody else was using it and it was bad and half the people were like i don't even how do i even watch these and we're like all right forget it forget it because like, i remember yeah. i was going to shows so, and like running around and like taking video i was like ah this is what's gonna get us to the next level and then, yeah, everyone's just like, oh, I didn't even know you guys were doing that. And it's like, all right, what am I wasting our time for? So, uh, but the championship yeah. wrestling from Hollywood, uh, uh, lands of lenses were, were well worth the Classics. price of admission. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's, that's where we were all first introduced to bad dude Tito. Yes. Who is now a new Japan star. Who was the other guy? You know, there was, and, there uh, was the, uh, who was the guy who don't play? Who was that guy? Oh, AKA young Fuego who does not play. <laughs> that's it. Young yes. Fuego who does not play. Yeah, that's right. Yes, uh, yeah, no, they're, you know, all, all the stars. All the, those are guys, yeah, those guys all became Hollywood. future superstars. Um, uh, yes, they did. So um, the, the lens is back, though. I brought back the lens of lens. If on your phone or your app you're able to view them, because this feature really stinks on the Patreon, and half the people can't even see them. But what, I, I dusted off the lens of lens because I, Rich, am tired of being gaslit by these Sonata fans who claim that he is mega over in all of these buildings and, you know, everybody loves Sonata. He's so over. And I watch these shows and like, I never, I I'm like, do I have a different audio feed? Like, I don't see people going crazy for Sonata. I don't hear these alleged massive pops that this man is getting in these buildings. Uh, okay. They quote unquote sold out Fukuoka, but I mean, you know, he's facing Hiromu Takahashi who I, and I'll get to that in a second. So I'm like, I'm tired of this. I am recording this man's entrance for this match so people in our chat and in our Discord cannot continue to gaslight me and tell me how over this guy is. Rich, you viewed the Lanza lenses of this man's entrance. You watched this show. Did Sonata get some crazy, over-the-top, overwhelming, this man is over like Hogan in 86 response from the fans of Fukuoka? Uh, he did me. not. He got very little response uh, compared with that of Hiromu. Just the one-to-one comparisons of Hiromu and Sonata was pretty telling because, I, you know, watching your lenses, I was like, ah, yeah, it's not a really great pop or whatever. It's like, oh, okay, whatever. Maybe this is a, 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 you know, a crowd that doesn't really, you know, they're, they're more of a clap crowd or they're whatever. 
Hiromu came out before, so when I actually watched the match itself, Hiromu got a mega pop, and several guys throughout the night got mega pops. And I think the most telling thing from your the, the lands of lands, and the most telling thing that that I noticed when the match actually got going is that both guys are standing in the ring. They do the title thing. They ring the bell. And all of a sudden, you know, the fans do their little gasp thing. And then all of a sudden, you hear immediate Hiromu, Hiromu, Hiromu chants. And you don't hear Sonata chants. And I know at one point, Kevin Kelly goes, a little bit of a Sonata chants in the background there. And there's zero. (laughs) There's none. (laughs) What is he talking about? It wasn't Kelly. Kelly. So they ring the bell, and the fans immediately start a Hiromu chant. And, and it was Chris Charlton, and even he had to acknowledge it because he was like, ah, it seems like it's a very partisan crowd for Hiromu tonight. Uh, most of the support seems to be for the challenger because it was so obvious <laughs> yeah. that, that even Charlton had to mention it. Okay? So I'm tired of the gaslighting that's taking place. I'm sorry, but this man is not over like you people claim he is in these buildings. He just isn't. I've seen him as champion now in multiple countries. On multiple shows, and he's never – I don't know what these people are talking about. He just doesn't get big responses in these buildings. And, look, I'm not telling you that he's failing as a champion or he's a dud or nobody cares about him. That's not what I'm saying. The jury's still out. This guy could be a successful champ. He may have been successfully elevated. He, They very well could have sold 6,000 tickets if it was uh, not a restricted crowd. All I'm saying is it's very clear that he was not over in this building on this night. Okay, so I took I video evidence and I posted it because I'm tired of hearing this crap. The first pop for this whole ordeal was when the LIJ guys did the fist bump thing before the match started. And then the crowd popped for that. They... You, there. Nobody reacted to Sonata coming out. It, it was, was anti pop. Yeah, it was not great. I was I was a little stunned when I heard and and you know I I I'm. I like this Sonata run right now. I, I like. I think it's a pretty good run. We'll talk a little bit about you know the future of the run or whatnot. But I think it's a pretty decent run. Like I'm into it. I think it's a good look. I like the just five guys thing. I think giving him the title was the right idea. But yeah, to to to, to try to say that he's some guy that's like super mega over. I mean, it's it's not being reflected in crowd noise. I'll tell you that if he's over, it's in a different way because uh, the crowd does not. And and like even the match itself, it didn't feel like the crowd really connected with him, you know, and I thought the match itself was, was, was pretty good. And we'll talk about that, you know, here in a little bit, but uh, at no point during the match that I really think the crowd was super, super into Sonata either. So yeah, it, it's, He's from an audio standpoint, he's definitely not, you know, <laughs> he's not coming across like a All super a, a mega buildings, star. Exactly. In the buildings, he's not coming across like a major star. And as somebody notes in the chat, it was actually they used a bigger stage setup, which eliminated a lot of the seats in the building, which is why it was forty five hundred instead of six thousand. I have to do a little Brian Windhurst here and point up and say, now, why would they do that, Rich? Just let that hang there. That's all. You know, why would they put a bigger stage and put less seats for sale? I I don't know. Could it be because they understand that maybe Sonata won't sell as many tickets as a Naito or an Okada or somebody else if they were there defending the time? Listen, I don't know. Well, you know, we'll, we'll find out as we move along, I guess. But I thought that he had a very strong challenger because Hiromu is obviously very popular. Hiromu's having a great year. And I like Hiromu's little role here as the feisty little LIJ guy 
who wants to take out the bullies who turn on his boys. Because wasn't he the first challenger for Evil as well when Evil yes. uh, beat Naito for the title? And yes, then, you know, I'm and, pretty sure. Let, let me make sure that he was the first, but I think that you're right about that. I just want to make sure before anybody goes, no, nah, it's not actually true. He was the second or whatever, but I think you're right. Yeah, yes, so. that was in July that he faced Evil. So I kind of like this idea yeah. of Hiromu standing up to these guys after they turn on his boys and kind of being the setup for the bigger challengers that are to come. Um, but who the fuck knew it'd be Yota Suji? So <laughs> yeah, man, that was that was awesome. Now, yeah, that I I I I can't wait to talk about Yota Suji. Are we are we ready to get to that? Are we ready to talk Yota? Because I'm ready. Why don't we Why don't we just do this main event first and okay. then talk about the other stuff? So um, yeah, so the match itself, I thought was a good match. I didn't think it was a great match, but I thought it was a, a, a really good match. I went four and a quarter plus, and I thought, um, you know, Sonata once again was, uh, we haven't seen any of that trademark sloppiness in any of these matches. I will say that. And it had great heat coming down the stretch. The fans were, were behind Hiromu and Hiromu is great in this role as the plucky junior who's trying to get revenge on these guys who have turned on his boys. And there were a couple really good moments in this match where they got that part of the story across. And uh, I did think it was an excellent match. What did you think of the match itself before we talk about uh, the Yota Suji angle? I didn't like it quite as much as you. I I, I think I went four flat with it, um, which is not anything. It wasn't a, a negative. I just thought maybe a little too long. And I think a lot of the Sonata control periods were just a little. Yeah, they weren't sloppy, but they were just kind of boring. You, you know what I mean? He's it, not the most exciting. No, wrestler, no. And I, I think, think we've established. And, and again, it made sense with the story is that you have Hiromu who's out there throwing drop kicks out into the concrete and doing whatever he can to just be a psychopath within reason. It, we're not we're not at. You know, 2018 psychopath Romo anymore, or you know, the 2016 you know, psychopath Romo, but we're at, he's still kind of a psychopath. So that was the story of the match is that Romo was just going to bump and do crazy things to try to take Sonata out. So it made sense that Sonata would slow things down and be methodical and that sort of stuff. But there were times where it was like, all right, let's get going here a little bit. Let, you know, let's get some excitement. Let's get something. And the crowd, you know, again, was was kind of just like, this murmur that you were hearing as, as Sonata's doing his control period. But the last, you know, portion of the match was really really good and the finishing sequence was great and i thought the beginning was good there was just that real big chunk in the middle that kind of kind of bored me a little bit mostly the sonata control periods but with that said still you know i'm probably four stars plus if, if i would say probably a little bit closer to four and a quarter uh then you know then 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 below that but um no i i thought it was a good match but not a great match and and you know to me i don't know if i'm and we said that at the time, or I said at the time when Sonata won the title, is that we're going to have to now sort of think about these main events less so in. We've had a decade where you knew that a New Japan IWGP title match main event was going to be really, really, really fucking good, most likely. And they weren't always really good. There were some matches that weren't. Obviously, you had your evil run. But for the most part, you were probably going to see a really fucking great match. It was either going to be Tanahashi, Okada, it was going to be Jay White, Kenny Omega, Will Ospreay, Shingo Takagi, like those sort of guys. You know, you're going to get Naito. You were going to get those sort of guys that were going to go out there and kill it. We have to kind of remember now that this is not that kind of guy. He's not that kind of champion. And I think this was a good representation of that. Is like this is probably as long as he's going to be the champion. This is the sort of stuff we're going to get. And as long as it's not a disaster, it's fine. You know what I mean? As long as it's not a complete shit the bed sloppy Sonata, it's fine. It's just you got to you know temper your expectations that no longer 
is are you guaranteed to get just this incredible main event in a New Japan show? You're just not. You, you might not get that anymore. And 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 this match is good. It was really. It, it was good. Just not great for me. Just not. I, I can't call it great or excellent. So we're being told in the chat that Stardom ran the building the next night with the same stage, and that's the reason they ran the stage. Okay, here's <laughs> <But> why. Still, <laughs> no, 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 no. Listen, here's why I'm calling BS on that. If New Japan felt like they could sell 1,500 more tickets, they would have told Stardom to take their stage and stick it, okay? No one cares about Stardom's dopey stage, okay? They felt they couldn't sell 6,000 tickets, or they wouldn't have allowed that stage to interfere. With, you think New Japan, in the current state that they're in, where they're trying to rebuild after the pandemic, is willingly going to give up ticket sales so Stardom could have a bigger stage? Do you really think that? Because I don't buy that. Right. Oh, hell. Okay. Stardom already has a stage. Forget it. <laughs> you know, we'd yeah. love to sell 2,000 extra tickets, but ah, Stardom's got the stage. We're good. Nobody cares about Stardom stage. Okay. They're, 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 they're this is a business. You're trying to sell tickets. Okay. So I, I, I'm sorry. I, I, I don't buy that. I don't buy that. If they felt like they could pack that building, they would have ran the same setup they had in prior years and they would have packed the building. Okay, and until I see Sonata fill some buildings, that's going to be my stance here. Right. Because that's all. That's fair. And I, and, and, and I think I'm being fair. Maybe he will fill buildings. Maybe he'll fill Dominion against Yota Suji. Let me tell you something. He fills Dominion with Yota Suji, I, I, then we're no longer having this conversation. So that's a good transition to Yota Suji, who comes out. He's been this vignette that they're running with the meteor hitting Japan and all this shit. Um, they kind of, you know, with him doing all those jobs in Rev Pro that he's been doing, um, it was kind of figured. Look, we knew he was coming back. Um, you know, we didn't necessarily know he was going to come back at the end of the main event and be the next title challenger. Not only to be the next title challenger, but to completely demolish everybody. He destroyed all five of the just five guys in seconds. In, uh, in, pretty, <laughs> in seconds, he took yeah. them all out. So they're pushing him as sort of this dominating force who's just going to run through people and, uh, and, and, and be this, uh, this kind of, uh, I, I, it's hard for me to articulate like what the gimmick is going to be. But then, you know, after the show, he was carrying Hiromu around on his shoulder, like, like, you know, cause he's part of LIJ and um, they're presenting him as kind of like a monster almost, you know? So look, it's a new era. They're pushing new people and this is a risk. There's no doubt about it. But, you know, it's time to make some new stars. And when it comes down to making new stars, very few bookers are more aggressive than Gato when it comes to that. So this is an aggressive move. And we'll see if it pays off. What were your impressions of the angle? I, I, I loved it. And this is the sort of thing that, that got me into New Japan with the Okada angle and, and, and made me a, a New Japan fan for life is, is this sort of desire and aggressiveness to say, okay, this is a guy and we're going to make this guy a guy immediately. And I love that. It's one of the things I love about it. And they don't always land, and it might not land, and I don't know what it's going to do. I, but the balls to say, this is guy, we're redebuting him, he's going to take out our champion, and oh yeah, now he's facing the champion on one of our biggest shows of the year immediately. That's how you make a dude. You know what I mean? And, that, and, and if he goes and, and grabs that bull by the horn and has a great match or whatever, then okay, 
you made a guy. You know what I mean? Like you made a guy, and, and it's 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 both easy and it's hard. It's easy in the sense that it's not that difficult to just say this is a guy we're going to give a push to, and we're going to have him win matches and look like a badass and and main event stuff and win titles. Like that's the easy part. The 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 tough part is then having the balls to do it, and then the guy actually delivering on it. And you don't always know. You never know when 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 you know going back to the Okada thing. Nobody knew that the Okada thing was going to work as well as it did, and it was laughed at. It was it was it was. A clowned on that this guy was going to challenge Roshi Tanahashi at New Beginning or whatever. Then he went out there at New Beginning and he won the the match. Or he won the title in a pretty damn good match. And then it was off to the races because they had given him that moment and he proved that he could deliver in that moment. And now Yotsuji's there, man. And I'm not saying he's going to be like Okada. I'm not saying he's going to be as good. But in one day, you've basically said this is a guy and pay attention to this guy. And this is the guy we're going to push. And this is the guy we're being serious with. You know, they're they're putting him in the main event of Dominion. Against the, I mean, that is a huge, huge spot for this guy, and I love that. I that is one of the things I love about pro wrestling when guys just take chances and push people and say, and especially young guys, and say, "This is a guy we're going to get behind." Here we go. We're off to the races now, and I'm in. I'm all in. I think Yotsuji is is great. I've I've always liked him. I always thought, you know, you, what did you used to call him? Old prick face or whatever. He's got a a great yeah, prick, prick face. face is back. Oh, the yeah. prick face is back in 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 rare form. His hair is looking good. The gear looks good. The music looks good. The spear looked great. He's built. He's got muscle. He's he's different than a lot of other guys that they have on that that roster. All he's got to do is deliver now. And if he has a great match with Sonata and it draws well. They did it. They made a guy. They made a guy in, in, in a couple of weeks, and it proves that you can make a guy in a couple of weeks. It just takes the balls to do it, and, and nobody has more balls to do that sort of thing than, than, than Gato uh, and New Japan Pro Wrestling. So I, I can't wait to see if it works. I, I, I hope it works, and I'm, you know, I'm, I'm pretty optimistic on it because I think Suji is pretty awesome, and I think you can just immediately see the difference in, in terms of a guy like a Suji and a guy like, you know, like compare this to the other guys that they've recently you know, redebuted. Go, go all the way back to here, Master Watson. Hold on, no, hold I'm on. not doing the here Aminu comes, thing. I'm not doing it. Here comes everybody. Rich is going to do the Aminu burial. Uh, well, no, again. Okada did enough of it for me. In. No, just listen to fucking Kaz Okada. <laughs> Tell me about Aminu burials. I don't even need to say anything on that guy. My man Okada right. said enough right there, and he said enough about Renderita too, but all I'm saying is like, go back to Master Watto or whatever. It's like It was clear, and we said at the time, like, they're slotting him in this because they don't think he's a guy. And it's okay. That's fine. You know what I mean? Like, he's not going to be a guy. They don't think he's a guy. It's okay. Renarita, you know, I, I don't, I think they think that he's a nice little roster guy, but he's just a guy, you, you know? Now, Shoto Umino, yeah. they want that guy to be a guy. I mean, we said he's in, he's in, he's in that Mudo match. They're still having him programmed with Tanahashi. They're obviously doing the thing with Moxley that we're going to talk about in a bit. They're having a program with Okada. They still think he's a guy. Now, whether or not he's a guy or not, you know, you know that that's up for debate, <laughs> but, but I'm, with, not, I'm not giving up on him yet. Okay, well, you 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 still have hope. That's good. You know, maybe he'll sh- maybe one of these years he'll show a shred of personality. Just keep hoping, Joe. It's going to come. The comet will be here any day now, Joe, and you can uh, the ship will be behind the comet. Don't worry. Um, but Yotsuji comes out immediately, looks like a million bucks. Immediately throws around the just five guys, gets the gasps and stuff, and then he's immediately put in the Dominion. Like whatever you want to say about those other guys, they they clearly have more confidence in him than they've had in all these other guys coming up. And, oh, yeah. you know, even an, even an Ocon, really. I mean, Ocon was, you know, a big deal at the beginning, but this guy's main eventing Dominion <laughs> for the title. Like, they clearly are. Th- and I love that. I love that. It might not work. Okay, Hell. do we? Okay, but do we know that, know that, or is everyone just? I think that's official. Am I wrong about that or no? I guess I'll make sure I mean, that that's official. I, mean, I thought it was, but maybe I'm assuming he is. No, it, it is. Yeah, it's yeah. locked in. 
Yeah, yeah. Yosuji okay. will challenge for the IWGP uh, World Heavyweight Title on June fourth at Osaka Joe Hall. It, w- it, it would have been really fucking weird if he wasn't. Yeah, after <laughs> and they're like, well, I'm just saying. <laughs> Actually, I, I I didn't I didn't see the official word. Yes, all yes, yeah. But, it, um, it, so, so it is locked in and it is official. So listen, this man can't even beat JJ Gale, Connor Mills, Joshua <laughs> James. <laughs> now he's going to be IWGP Heavyweight Champion. I scoff at this. Rick, they had a lot of trouble with JJ Gale. A lot of trouble, but this a lot is of one, trouble with JJ Gale. This is one thing that I always will. I I I always appreciate that New Japan did this with guys. And they would do it a couple times uh, throughout the years as well. But you know, just just a guy comes and they're just saying we're gonna strap the rocket to him and here you go i love the balls to do that and now it's yeah is it gonna work we'll find out um but you gotta try it this is how you create new stars and the way that you 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 know for all of wrestling history the best way to get people to start watching a product to get reinvested in a product to get energy around a product to get whatever is pushing new young un you know talent that just hasn't been overexposed and this is a perfect guy to do it with, Yotsuji. And and yeah, is he going to do an Okada type thing? Probably not. <laughs> the chances of that is is pretty unlikely because that may have been a one on one thing to have you know a, a generationally great wrestler like an Okada. But you know you got to try it. You got to see what happens. And, and and I think they're off to a really really good start with this. And I'm I'm all in. I I'm super excited to see how this Dominion show uh, plays out. Now now the question, Joe, does he win this title? Are you ready to have that amount of balls? I let's do I it. Right. Not. I I cannot write it off as a possibility only because of who the champion is. Feels kind of transitional, doesn't it? And right, because if if the long-term plan here was we're going to bring Yota Suji back, rocket pack him and put the title on him. You don't want to burn off the matches with the bigger guys yet, right? Right. So you have him beat somebody like Sonata instead. And, and, and in effect, you're also elevating Sonata. So you're doing a lot of things at once. Um, but then you still have that Okada match down the line. And, you know, all you know, I guess not Naito because he's in Naito's group, but you know, yeah, like you're saying more of a transitional thing. And, you know, you look at the dominion card as it stacks up now. And, there's not a lot of support for that. This is really risky. That's what I'm saying. It, um, it's this is the balls of all balls, and like give them the title too. And and, and I think the, it was Chris Sampson in our in our uh, voice wrestling Slack that brought this up. He said the winner of this match, or sorry, I, I, I'm sorry, Jay Michael brought this point up. Well, hey, yeah. Chris is good too. Chris Sampson at the Chris Sampson on Twitter. Jay Michael brought this up. He said uh, he does a lot of reviews for VoicesWrestling.com reviews and previews. He says, "quote The winner of this match will carry the belt into altogether Forbidden Door. The G1 is Suji that guy. It would be a hell of a statement beyond even Okada 2012. Because that's another aspect of yeah, this because- too. They have a busy summer with a lot of interpromotional stuff. Is is Suji the guy?" Yeah, because there there were people at the time who did think Okada had some long-term potential, for sure. But everyone was like, oh, this is way too soon, especially after the not-so-great match against Yoshihashi at Wrestle Kingdom. I don't feel, I didn't feel, I wasn't feeling and I don't feel any kind of buzz for Yota Suji in terms of, I never heard any chatter from anyone that oh this guy's going to be a superstar long term he's going to we're going to build they're going to build a company around this guy someday there was some of that with Okada in his young boy days because of the height and his look and his obvious ability there was some of that chatter there were people 
who 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 thought he had long term potential. I never heard any of that for Suji. I think everyone just kind of views him the way we viewed him. Like, oh, he's a nice prospect. Yeah, he could be a really good heel someday, you know. And he, it looks like they're going to, you know, position him as more of a monster uh, ass kicker than than a heel. But yeah, it would. I would qualify this as bolder than the Okada move. Well, and, and only because yeah, you know, you look at Okada. What Okada, he didn't have the presence yet, and he was still green as grass, but he definitely had the look, and he looked moldable. At minimum, he had the look, the height, and he and he and he felt and looked moldable. Well, they also had nothing this to fucking lose. They had nothing to lose with the Okada run either, because it was like, well, who else? I mean, we don't have anybody else. It's like it's 2012 New Japan. Like it wasn't exactly brimming with superstars. Uh, and 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 you know, it's like, yeah, yeah, Tanahashi, you had Kojima, you had just done the Kojima thing. Naito, you had Naito coming down the pike, but he was a few years away. Yeah, yeah, he was still. And and really, that was it. Because uh, the, otherwise, the only places to turn were back to guys like Kojima, or you know, sort of those third generation guys, or. You know, so yeah, this one would be the the point here is this one would be even more shocking than the Okada, but he wouldn't be beating. See, he'd be beating a lesser champion. Though. Yeah, yeah. So you know, one thing I was go gonna ahead. say, and unfortunately, uh, a suit scoots me in the note of chat room because I was gonna wait when you were done with your point. I was gonna say, "Aha, Joe!" But I have a retort to Jay Michael, and uh, Suit Williams came up exactly with it, so I will give him credit here. He says. If you want the title out of the way for big interpromotional matches, then Suji is a choice. And that Absolutely. is what I was going to say is that to J- my, my retort to Jay Michael is, yes, Suji's a, a, a guy that you're like, whoa, this guy's going to take the title to all together and Forbidden Door and the G1 and all that sort of stuff. If you want to have a bunch of really cool matches for Forbidden Door and you want to be able to do whatever you want with whatever it, at all together and you want the G1 to be truly like, oh, my God, come to the G1 because all the big guys are going to be vying for this title. There's no better guy to have it on than Suji. Because that opens up everybody then. Yeah, because, you know, Okada's doing the trios thing right now to, to keep him out of the way. And, um, yeah, you're right. And and, and, you, and that opens up uh, easier paths to book all of these major stars on all these interpromotional shows you have coming up. Absolutely. Although so I'm he not might sure how guy. much of a barrier, yeah, I'm not sure how much of a barrier Sonata is either in that regard. Um, you know, I, I don't know if Tony Khan's knocking down their door to book Sonata. I mean, maybe he is now because Sonata's profile has been raised as a world champion. Um, but but yeah, no, it, yeah, but Suji would be even more ideal than Sonata from that standpoint, where you know, because he, you know, that that it's perfect. So yeah, that that. If you're trying to talk yourself into this, that's a that's a that's a good part of the argument for sure. Yeah, and, and both those guys, I, I think, yeah, like you said, Sonata, I don't think is is. But if you're trying to say, okay, we're gonna push this guy, if you lose, if Sonata loses the title, it doesn't destroy Sonata. It's fine. Um, yeah, this might be a time to do this if you're truly putting the the rocket back, you know, on a guy that that yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a it, it's. We're more than 0%. You know what I mean? I'm not going into this match thinking there's no chance in fucking hell that Yota Suji is going to win this title. Like, there is a chance. And I think that's pretty exciting and pretty cool. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> you know, And that, that makes yeah. Dominion a hell of a lot of fun for me. And like you said, it's not really supported by like, all right, well, yeah, it's, it's you know. And who knows? I mean, they've only announced a couple of matches uh, so far. But like, as it stands right now, the the David Finley Phantasmo never match is, is like your semi-main, uh, you know. 
Aussie Open versus Evil and Yujiro and Bishimon for the tag team titles. That's not exactly something. That's I don't gonna... know why they added House of Torture. <laughs> Fucking who knows? Who knows? Well, well, here's why. Oh, Bishimon's going to win the titles back, but they're going to pin Yujiro. No, House of Torture could win. No. I mean, no, my... <laughs> no. Why would you? Okay, put... listen. Why would you speak that into existence? Come on. My only, my only pause. No. That would be Yujiro... My only thing would be Yujiro as part of the match, and he's just treated as a complete non-entity. But when's the last time they did this, Rich, with Bad Luck, Folly, and Chase Owens? And what happened? That's all I'm saying. You can't you can't disregard it. Like the last time we scratched our heads and said, "Why are they inserting this Jabron team into this match?" was with those two guys because the Jabron team won the titles. Yeah. Uh. So I don't think you can discount it, even though it's huge, huge, because he ain't any lower on the pecking order than Chase Owens was, right? (sighs) Suppose not. No. And then uh, Saber versus Cobb, uh, the rematch to that. Rematch, yeah. And then, then Lance Archer versus either Hiroshi Tanahashi or, or Will Ospreay. But, uh, it could be Will Ospreay. It's going to be Will. So it'll be Will Ospreay. And, you know, and then they'll announce whatever the trio title match is going to be. And I guess that's, that, that'll be a big match because obviously you'll have Moxley, you'll have So I guess they're thinking of that. They're just not, that hasn't officially been announced yet since that's it hasn't not been officially announced. Right. But, that, but I guess that's, be your, the big support. that's your support. Yeah. That's your supporting match right there, which is a, a nice supporting match to have. And that's a pretty big yeah. deal. But I, you know, I still think that they're sticking their neck out here with Sonata and, and, and Suji for, you know, Osaka, Joe Hall. And, and hell, that's the way. But again, that's what you got to do to prove that these guys can make it or not. You know, instead of this, you know, talk about Noah and they're a little, you, you know, tiptoeing and dancing around Kaito Kiyomiya and oh well he's gotta he's gotta go on the journey of learning how to be a champion <laughs> he's already been a champion for a year. like this is how you make it dude you know what I mean you just say sink or swim pal you know what I mean are you gonna draw you're gonna be a big deal let's find out and we'll find out at Dominion I'm being hard on Sonata right I'm, I'm being hard on him a little hard I think I'm being hard on him. a little hard yeah that's all right it's a radio trick though you know because it's like well he's he's not you know I'm being hard on. I'm being fair. He's the IWGP World Heavyweight Champion. He's the top he's, guy in Japan. Like no, that's right. And I want to see him deliver. It, he I, deserves. Too much. He's at, he's lofty standards. I said it when he got the title. I was like, he's in a lineage of 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 very few guys that have held this title in the modern era and that that aren't fucking one of one some of the greatest wrestlers of all time and evil. So, but yeah, <laughs> you know what I mean. mean? So, is he going to be in the at evil? Uh, is he going to be with the evil part, or is he going to be with those other guys? I don't know. I'm being hard on him, but I'm not being unfair. Am I sticking the needle in a little to poke the Sonata fan? So, of course, it's a little radio <laughs> trick, Rich. Of course. That way, if they sell out the minion, they're, they're all going to want to listen. Listen to me eat crow. See, uh, you know, a little behind the curtain for you. <laughs> Apologize for your wrong takes. So, yeah, they're going to wait. So, so am I for being the- <laughs> a little hard on them? I, I, yeah, a little bit, but I don't think I'm being unfair. You know, it's, uh, you know, jury's out. On the guy, we got a lot to get to, so let's get through the rest of the show. So, um, David Finley, I think, as we all suspected, uh, is the new never open weight champion. Tomatonga's time was up. I mean, you know, he had his storyline with, uh, you know, all the stuff with, um, with Carl Anderson and all that. It's like this, this is one of those times where it just felt obvious that it was time for a title change because the challenger was a hot new act and, and all of that. And now, you know, Finley gets to parade around with the title and everything. So, uh, and they did the big stretcher job for Tamatanga. So they, they put David Finley over big. And there was the report out of Fightful today that Tamatanga has been working without a contract. I, you know, I don't know if the stretcher job factored into that or not. I think people would be very surprised how many wrestlers work without contracts in Japan. 
um, I think it would surprise a lot of people. And and that goes for both the Gaijins and even the native guys. Yeah. I mean, a lot of these guys just don't have contracts. Now, I don't know, you know, now the stretcher job makes things a little more intriguing. Uh, but again, WWE, you know, there's this alleged hiring freeze. So I don't know. We'll just have to let the Tama 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 yeah, Tonga thing if play out. If this match happened and this angle happened six months ago, I'd be a little bit more, okay, yeah, this seems pretty obvious yeah. to me. But right now, I don't know. It could just be something to put David Finley over hard, which is what they're doing. They're, you know, listen, this is a whole new New Japan. Yota Suji's main eventing Dominion. David Finley's getting a main event push. Uh, you know, you talked about Shota Minu. It's, it's, uh, it, you know, you got new tag team champions with with Aussie Open. And let me tell you something. If Tony Khan doesn't come in and swoop him away, Kyle Fletcher is going to be a player in this company. And if you don't think so, you're crazy. The only thing stopping that is he is it doesn't work for the company. Okay. This is a whole new New Japan. ELP is another one. El Fantasmo, which we've been telling people for years. He's on the path to his big baby face heavyweight push. So New Japan is nothing if not fresh. And you are in on the ground floor of a lot of new people getting new pushes. And they're not all going to take. Some of them are going to work out and some of them won't. And that's a lot of fun to watch. Like Hikuleo is another one. Okay. And some of these are going to work out. This one wrestling is so more exciting. I I love this. Some people love the same fucking 20 guys wrestling each other nonstop over and over for, for decades straight. I like this. I like when it's just like, let's try this. Is this guy going to get over? Is this push new guys, try new things, get new people over, start new characters, shuffle up units. Like this is what I've wanted out of new Japan for so, so long. And I'm so happy it's here. It's so exciting. You have no idea. This company's going to look completely different in two months, and that's exciting. Like, who doesn't love this? So, Tanahashi was the ex. I know you're stunned and in disbelief. Um, <laughs> Wasn't he the reason for the ex? Let me ask you a question. So this is like Sting taking off the Sting mask, and it's still Sting, right? So I propose to you. Did he really break that rib? Um... The only reason I will say yes is uh, I unfortunately have to uh, I regret to have to inform you that uh, Hiroshi Tanahashi is officially fat. The man who was in just incredible shape through all of these years fit was was in charge. Remember when the New Japan would have like the bodybuilding competitions or whatever and he was like, you know, <laughs> he would miss, he would get yeah, yeah. <laughs> like that wasn't that long ago, you know what I mean? And it was like all these guys would go out there and Jado would always show up. You'd be like, holy fuck, look at Jado. He's gigantic. And didn't Dookie show up one time and you're like, why is Dookie so big? Why does he wear so much clothes? He's, he's pretty big. My man's kind of big. Tanashi would always get himself in shape when it needed to get there. I don't know what happened, man. I got to imagine I maybe think, something... Uh, it's over. He's got the gut. He's got to get the those tights need to be pulled up Mill Massacre style at this point. I hate to say it. Yeah, but we we know he loves to work the injuries. You know? He's he was not moving good. Here's here's what here's the other look. I'm just putting on the tinfoil hat. Okay. But the, the, the biggest reason I would say that it was a legitimate injury is people in what was the second show, Philly or Washington? I don't remember, but whatever the second, yeah, yeah, whichever, whatever this, whatever the second show was, those people paid to see him. And I don't think new Japan is that dirty where they would knowingly pull a star of his magnitude off of a show in an angle when people bought tickets to 
you know, he's one of the biggest stars. In the right. That's not, that's not how they usually I, do things. They, they, no, that's not even, how they do things. Even in the days of him so. selling those injuries, he would always, you know, be the weeks leading up to G1 and be like, oh, look at what my bicep looks like. It's all, but he wouldn't miss a show. You know what I mean? He was just building that up to the fact that he missed shows to me made me yeah, think. Yeah, he missed the show. He missed the back end on. of that. He missed the back end of that double shot. And I don't think they would have pulled shenanigans to put some, because what it wasn't some kind of great angle. He just replaced himself. You know? <laughs> right, so, right. Um, anyway. So Okada, Ishii, and Tanahashi are the new six-man champs. Despi, Suzuki, and Narita go down. Um, we suspect once all the dust settles that that's going to be a match at Dominion, right? Against Shota, Minu, John Moxley, and X. X. They have an X. Another X. Can, can we talk so, about Prick Okada and how this is just the best fucking thing he's, he's so ever good. done? He's so fucking good. He beats the ever-living shit out of Renderita. One, two, three, just d- definitively just like, get the fuck out of my ring. Does the young lion point to help him get out of the ring. Tells Desperado and Minoru Suzuki, come get your man. Kicks him while he's down. Minoru Suzuki's like, hey, motherfucker, that's my partner. And Okada's just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, all right. All right. I love, oh my god, Okada is a prick. Is so good. And then Aminu comes out and, you know, challenges, you know, says, hey, go to the video board and you'll see my, my uh, you know, my partner, John Moxley or whatever. And then Okada says, oh, your babysitter's back. <laughs> sure. We'll yeah, face you yeah. and your babysitter or whatever. It's just the He's best. He's so good. He's just He's so burying good. all these dorks. I love Shit's it. So, not everybody. Oh, uh, the young lion point to get Renderita out of the ring. If you haven't seen it, it, it's impossible to describe. Just go watch it. It is the most prick thing you've ever seen in your life even Tomohiro Ishii is just like ah calm it down buddy calm it down like he's trying to calm his guy down you know well that you mentioned that there's a lot of people who think that they're planting some seeds of dissent with Ishii and the rest of, oh yeah uh, I could chaos. see that I, I could because Ishii even on this point was like hey man man it's fine <laughs> like it's Narita who cares because Okada's just like fuck this guy get this guy out of my ring screw this Desperado guy screw the Suzuki guy all these get out of my everybody get out of my ring and it's like Ishii's just like ah calm it down pal come on where's where's boat captain Okada you know I want the you know I want the old guy back and and I, I could see that I could definitely see that because he he he's on edge he's really on edge and I, again I love it but I could I could definitely see that because there was points in that match where you, you were seeing Ishii be like all right Take it down a notch, pal. Take it down. I think Anishi heel turn would really freshen him up a lot after, you know, a straight decade of just being this, you know, what he is. Um, but at the same time, you know, because he left the ring before those two guys did and all of that. And it was like, but that's kind of him, though. He He's kind of like part of his whole deal is that he he comes across like he's just all business and doesn't care about anything else all that much. You know what I mean? His mm-hmm. whole his whole deal is I'm coming out to fight. I'm gonna try my best to win, and then win or lose, my expression's gonna be the same, and I'm just gonna leave. Right. You know what I mean? Like, so it's not really totally out of character for him to take his title and say, ah, whatever. What is this thing? And then just skedaddle off into the locker room before his partners. So keep an eye on it. But I don't know if this is totally out of character for what Ishii has kind of been all these years. So, um, Saber and Cobb, they teased the draw again, except this time they did it. So we're getting the rematch at Dominion. Quickly, what do you make of all this? Uh, I liked it. I, I like the finish. Uh, I like the match as well. Uh, Cobb is, is, you talk about a guy that's over in Japan, man. That they, People fucking love Jeff Cobb. He comes out. He, yeah. he looks like a brick shit house, and then he just starts throwing guys around. And yeah, it, it's, it's good stuff. You know, I, I, I 
would prefer, you know, next time, hopefully when they do this, now that this match is coming back, I would hope that they tease it. It's something I've wanted more of these New Japan World TV title matches is the bell to ring and guys immediately wanting to get at the other guy. And especially when it's Zack Sabre Jr. Because you know how Zack Sabre Jr. is going to wrestle. He's going to work methodically. He's going to work over a body part all to kind of get you to that point where he can tap you out towards the end of the match or whatever. Now that Cobb went 15 with him, I hope that at Dominion that bell rings and Cobb just runs at him and starts throwing bombs right away, realizing, hey, I can't go 15 with this guy. You know what I mean? I can't let this guy get even a second of offense on me or else we're going to go to a time limit draw again or he's going to tap me out. So I'm hoping that's the story they're going to tell because that would be a really cool story. And hell, if you're going to do it, I think Cobb's a good choice to, to if you're going to eventually move this title off as Zack Sabre Jr., if you are or, or whatever, I think Cobb would be a good one. I think a match where the bell rings and he just starts throwing bombs at Zack Sabre Jr. right out of the gates is a great way to do it. And and the crowd, the crowd responds to Jeff Cobb. They love Jeff Cobb. They enjoy him. I think Zack's done a good job with this title. I've enjoyed the hell out of this title, and this was yet another good match. And I think it's my favorite match on the entire card. Um, I don't know where, where you stand on that, but but I had this one uh, at four and a quarter just above the uh, the, the main event. No, I, I I thought the main event was the best match on the show. It was the only match I went notebook on, but I did think that this was a strong match. I did enjoy it a ton. Um, really, this the second best match for sure. Well, no, 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 no. This I I thought the open weight, the six man open weight title was a little better than this. Those were the three best matches on the show, though. Yes, Finley, oh, yeah, for sure. Finley Finley Tonga didn't do much for me. Uh, no, that was more of a story match where it's like when it was over, you're like, yeah, that's exactly what it needed to be. But like, how do I yeah, rate this? Yeah. You know, like I didn't. Right, right, right. right. I'm not going to rate this It wasn't this like a well. great match. Yeah, it wasn't a great match, yeah. but it fit exactly what it needed to do. It's, what, it's one of those things we always talk about where like dorky star ratings sometimes don't fit. When you're like, that's perfect. Right. That's exactly what that needed to be. But like, what do I rate it? I don't even know. And Hikuleo Kenta didn't exactly tear the house down either. Hikuleo <laughs> no. wins the strong open weight title. I don't know what to make of him. I, you know, I don't know. I know he's tall, but that's what we always say. What else is there to this guy? Though? I think he stinks. I, I, I'm, I think I'm at the point now where I think he stinks. Like it's, I, I don't know. I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. Whatever it is going to be with him, I just haven't seen it. Other than he is tall. You know, wrestling is littered with really tall guys that never amounted to shit. Right. You know, and it's like his gear is bad. Other than his height, his look is nothing special. He's still kind of gangly. You know, you wonder if he's hitting the gym. Um, his work is nothing special. He doesn't come across like any kind of a special athlete. I don't know. I don't know what to make of this guy. I know that you look at him and you're like, God, we got to figure out something to do with this guy. But at the same time, it's been a while now. I, and I'm just not, I don't know. I don't know what to make of him. I wouldn't bet on this guy becoming a big star. No, I I, I would either. Yeah, I, I haven't seen that it factor from him yet at all. And I've yeah. seen him live a couple times too. And he doesn't even come like you would think a guy that tall would have that it factor live. Like you know that that you know the certain the, the stop at the airport type of thing where like almost. I'm sure if you wa- went to a live show and almost showed up, you'd be like, holy shit! Like get a load of that guy. Like I get it with it. I've, I've seen live, you know, Hikuleo matches, and I don't know. You know, you know who doesn't lack. You know who doesn't lack presence, aura coming across like a big deal. His brothers, they right. know how to be pro wrestlers. <laughs> yeah, like, look, say whatever you want about their matches. Tamatanga knows how to be a pro wrestler. I mean, that guy gets it. And you see him live, and you're like, oh, that's a pro, right? Um, his brother too. Like, like, and th- this guy doesn't have that yet. He doesn't do anything with any kind of confidence. You know, I wrote about Sol Ruka in the same way. Like she does all these great, impressive physical things that other women can't do, but she doesn't do anything with any sort of confidence. 
and she doesn't have any presence because she's green and she doesn't you know, she's too busy thinking about what she has to do rather than just doing it. Right, right. The playing pro wrestler and, thing. And I, I get that a little with Hikuleo because he's supposed to be this giant powerhouse or whatever. But I don't none of it really ever comes across like powerful or no. dangerous or scary or whatever. He's just like a tall guy that wrestles, <laughs> you know, and it's like, well, OK, yeah. cool. And he, look, he's still green, too. Let's be honest. And maybe one day he'll find that. It's like what Lance Archer told us when we interviewed him uh, 12 years ago or whatever. Very long time ago. And he came to New Japan and Gato would always tell him, more monster, more monster. In other words, I want you to be, be big, be bigger, be more of a monster. You know, what we want out of you is more monster. And that's, I feel like somebody needs to get in Hikuleo's face and yell, more monster. Yeah. Right? Because it's they, like they probably are. I mean, all the same guys run the show. He probably does tell them that all the time. Yeah, Lance Archer told us he got a lot out of that. Like he learned, like I'm a big guy. Like I should be working like a, a more monster, you know. And and he said that th- those conversations with Gato and working with Minoru Suzuki helped bring that out of him. And we saw how much he go go watch his TNA tapes, the seven foot ticked off Texan, right, and then watch him grow. In yeah. his New Japan run to what he is now, which, you know, I, no one would argue that he's a phenomenal big man who, you, you, you know, and c- compare that to he, what, where Hikuleo is, right? It's like, that's what you're talking about, what Hikuleo is. Yeah, missing. be more monster. More yeah. monster. Yep. Um, Kai, Taichi, and Kanemaru defeat LIJ. So, you know, this was... Uh, Guys that didn't have an important match, you know, Kanemaru had the junior title match uh, earlier on the tour, and and uh, Naito didn't have a big match on this show, so um, I don't have a lot of thoughts. No, about I, this tag. I honestly, I, the undercard you could probably blow through. I don't know if I have any strong thoughts about anything on the undercard. Well, I did uh, the next one. I you know the 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 Kevin Knight Kushida Shota Aminu match against Hanare Francisco Akira and TJP was notable to me because TJP took the pin with Akira right there. And it was Kushida. And if you remember in the tag title change, Kushida and TJP were paired off against one another and heavily featured. They did all that great grappling. And then here Kushida scores the fall over TJP. They announced the Super Junior cards. And I really didn't pay attention to any of that. I never really do. But I would be stunned if Kushida and TJP aren't a main event or a semi-main event on one of those shows. Because they have to- and they're going to tear the house down, whenever that match is, because they just have such great chemistry together, and I think TJP is going to beat them too, because Kushida's like two and zero on him now. He took his title off of him, and he scored the fall on him in this match. So if you pay attention to Gato's booking, I feel like TJP is going to beat Kushida in this. I know they're in the same block, and that match is probably a main event or a semi-main event on whatever show it's on. And I feel like that's where TJP is going to uh, finally get the better of Kushida. And I'm looking forward to that. Would That's one of the Super Junior matches I've got a big circle around because I think those two guys are uh, are going to have a uh, a really great match. And then, yeah, the rest was uh, United Empire, um, Ocon and the Aussie Open over the TMDK guys. Did you see Shane Haste 
cut the promo for Zack Sabre that Jr. Was, that was pretty good. I, I wasn't sure if you were going to find that too dorky or too good, but I, I thought it was incredible. He, he was just like, I, I'm Zack Sabre Jr. And he, it's like a terrible voice. Like he sounds like yeah. an Australian guy trying to be English, but he kind of sounded yeah. Scottish. And he's like, I, I love uh, 80s, uh, uh, <laughs> like I love 80s rock stars. I'm Zack Sabre Jr. <laughs> it was so good. It was so good, yeah. And then Saber channeled me. He's like, what am I, Oliver Twist? Like, that, <laughs> right. that's- he's like, oh, you don't have it right at all. Yeah, he came in. He's like, no, you got this all wrong. That's not at all what I sound like. What are you doing? Yeah. And, and Shane had the, he was like- popping the collar the whole time, too, going like, hi, 80s yeah. rock stars. Ah, here's a move that you don't know what it's about. Yeah, like, it was good. I, was, I enjoyed it, yeah. Here's a move with a really long name. Oi. You know, yeah. It, was- <laughs> right. it was good stuff, yeah. Okay, they, I was hoping you liked it. I was like, ah, I, hopefully, no fun lands is not going to be like, ah, that's a, it's a big time title no, match. Great. What are you doing? <laughs> like, I love that. I, okay. I love, I love this TMDK with a bunch of thirty-eight-year-old frat boys. I fucking love it. Yeah, I love yeah. the aesthetic. I love the whole like it fits all of them like a glove, and it actually injects some charisma into Mad Mikey Nichols, which we all know is <laughs> not easy like, to do. That's a tough task. Yeah. Yeah. Um. And then the opener was uh, Goto, Yano, Yo, and Yoshihashi over the House of Torture guys in a very quick match, which was just kind of there to um, kind of almost like a Heyman special. They just blew right through that. Yeah. Um, and, and then uh, I guess we should squeeze in the Satsumi uh, no Kuni show, which had the uh, tag well, title match. Real quickly, last thing on Dontaku, there was three shows in the pre- uh, there was three pre-show matches. That apparently yeah. this Oiwa, like you know, triple or whatever this thing was. What, what did they call yeah, this? Yeah, yeah. Like the was spo- apparently like the winner won like fifteen thousand dollars in like barbecue or something. Yeah, and they didn't, and they air, didn't this? air it. <laughs> they didn't air this. <laughs> like, I yeah, get, they, I they get, did a gauntlet. I get young lion gauntlet with some stakes to it. In or uh, I guess brisket in this case, <laughs> I have fifteen thousand dollars in barbecue or whatever, and like. We don't get to see it. I guess it'd be Japanese barbecue. Probably not the, you know, Texas style bar. I don't know, but hell, air this shit. Come on. What are we doing? How, how, how do you add this gauntlet and there's $15,000 worth of barbecue on the line and, and, and we don't get to see this. It's unbelievable. Yeah, no, I, and they usually air everything. I, <laughs> right, that's, but this time really... they decided not to when it actually was like, everybody was like, oh, I'd watch that. And it's like, oh, it's not airing this time. It's like, what? <laughs> I can watch Oscar Lube and, and, and Oiwa wrestle each other on every other tour constantly. But now the one time I do want to watch them because barbecue is on the line, we don't get to see it. Unbelievable. Yeah. So the aforementioned TMDK uh, challenged Aussie Open for the tag titles on the, uh, on the show on the 29th, which was the uh, Satsuma no Kuni show. Uh, Rich, um, that match was good, but Taichi and Shingo was great. Those guys don't fucking miss. Uh, you, you know, Shingo has has. Do you remember when this King of Pro Wrestling title was just Toro Yano locking people in dog cages? Uh, fucking, yes, I do. It, yes, it, 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 Shingo has just taken this thing and give Taichi his credit too. These guys have incredible chemistry. I don't know what you thought of this, but they had to win it like three different ways and they couldn't repeat the way. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was a mission, knockout. Cool as hell stipulation. Yeah, and and I really believe part of the reason that Shingo is so good with this title is from being in Dragon Gate all those years because those Dragon Gate guys are super creative and they would always have these weird stipulations, the the two-count fall matches and all this other wacky shit they would do. And I think Shingo just has that Dragon Gate brain. You know, And, and he's had ideas for this title that are actually good you know and then he goes in there with taichi 
And every time these guys run, and Taichi wins the title here. Um, the the I think he got him by pin, uh, KO and ref stoppage. Isn't that what it was? Or was it pin? He definitely pinned. I forget the order now, but ref stoppage was the last one because Shingo was in the and he just like went out. I can't remember what the second fall was. It doesn't matter. The point is the match was fucking great. These two guys just don't fucking miss. I went four and a half on this, right in the same range of all the other matches they've had with each other for this title. And um, honestly, to me, it was the best match between these two shows. This King of Pro Wrestling match. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, yeah. No, for sure. I, I'm trying to think if, if that. No, you're right. Um, well, well, for you, it would be this or the 15-minute Sabre yeah, draw. I think it's this one. I, I think this one had higher highs than, than, than a 15-minute draw. I mean, yeah, like you said, these oh, guys. Oh, I thought this rocked from start to finish. Yeah, oh, for I, it sure. seems like I liked it more than you did. Yeah, li- you liked I, it a little I, bit more than me, but I, I, I think I'm, I'm, I'm pretty close. I'm pretty close. Um, no, I, I think you're absolutely right. The fact that what Shingo has been able to do to this title and just transform it and make it feel like a, a title that you actually want to see and make it able to draw its main eventing shows and doesn't feel out of place or weird yeah. or whatever. And it's, yeah, it, it's, do I like that Shingo has kind of gotten down cycle and isn't going to be in the world title? Yeah, no, I don't. Cause I love Shingo and I, I think he, he deserves another chance at, you know, the top title, but his chance unfortunately came during COVID and came during, you know, the later stages of COVID. So I think that's it. He had his chance, but now like the fact that he's been able to make this thing what it is and the main event with it and make it important and make it good and make matches that, that are worth watching. I mean, that's a fucking tremendous accomplishment from him too. So, uh, no, it, it, everything that he's done with his title so far has been pretty good. And now we'll see what, uh, you know, see what Taichi can do with it. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't write him off from the main event scene. You know why he just main evented a show. You know, I, I see people writing him off, and I don't, I don't know. I mean, there's only there's only so many spots at so many times, you know. And and this dude's main eventing with this title that was a throwaway prelim title, you know. And 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 it was through his hard work. I don't know that he's done, particularly with who their world champion is right now, and the stable that the two stables that are feuding. So I I, I don't I don't know. I'm not ready. To say that they're through with Shingo as a top guy, I, I, that's a take that I see a lot of people making that I would be a little careful with. Um, the only other two things of note on this show is Bishimon and, and House of Torture won tag team matches uh, in the prelims, and wouldn't you know it, those are the two challengers for the new tag team champions. <sighs> they done at, it again. Uh, at Gato, Dominion. Gato so, did it again. Um, Unbelievable. Yeah, and the tag title match. I don't want listen. That I went four stars on that. They went in there and just kicked each other's ass for, for 15, 20 minutes, whatever it was. Um, you know, 24 58. Wow, it didn't feel like a <laughs> I, it did not, match. it definitely did not. I, I just, um, I just got surprised looking at that number too. I was like, oh, well, hold on. No, that, that, that was an excellent match. And Aussie Open still to me are your clubhouse leaders for tag team of the year. Um, you know, putting up another excellent match. They'll have their, you know, They'll try to have a good match with Bishimon with mm. Evil and Yujiro yeah. getting in the way at, at Dominion. So that's uh, anything else you want to talk about from New Japan or you want to get some? Uh, no, no. I think I'm good. I think I'm good with New Japan. So when, when I sent over our list of topics, I put WWE draft notes as a gag and then you really put it on the run. <laughs> Um, also, also as a gag. For the record, also as a gag. We're not going to actually talk about the WWE draft. So, here, sorry. Here's my draft analysis. None of this shit matters, and the, the rosters will be mixed again in a month. There you have it. Yeah. Haven't we been seeing – I can't believe the amount of time <laughs> that other podcasts and other people are spending I'm on the stunned. WWE draft. I'm stunned. 
and putting out tweets. Wow, I can't believe Imperium is going the wrong. Who could possibly care? <laughs> a total game changer. Wow. SmackDown gets a real invigoration of talents as damage control. What are you doing? Uh, you know, I, I think that I think the tag team scenes a little light on SmackDown. Like, why? Why are we doing this? They're going to do whatever they want like they always do. Here's what the draft is. A ratings gimmick. Yes. That's what the, it is. The end. <laughs> the end. And I'm sure they mean it for like a week. And oh, they, they always, they always mean it for a charge. week. They always mean it for a week. And then fucking Vince is running the shows again on top of everything else. <laughs> like this man, this man has never been able to see a fucking roster split through. So what the fuck are we doing here? The stars are going to be on both shows like they always are. Yeah, will fucking Katana Chance be parked on Raw? Probably, but who gives a fuck? And oh, by the way, whose bright idea was it to call up Katana Chance and Cade Carter? Rich, they fucking stay. They're so They're bad. Like, they are two of the worst wrestlers on the entire roster, including the geeks that I watch every week on Level Up. And yes, I watch Level Up every week. Don't judge me. They're, they're two of the worst wrestlers on this entire roster. That that totally strikes me as a throw in the hands up saying, well, we can't keep them down forever. May oh, as for well sure. It's, it's a bring them up, see what happens. All right, they suck. Release them. They'll be gone in, in six months or whatever. Or oh, back they're down the shits. They're, they're not They good. are the absolute fucking shits. Well, and Katana and, Chance has been there since fucking the Obama administration, right? She's She's been in NXT for so long. Am I like how when did she come into NXT? She's got to be in her mid 30s at this point. I think she 2017 she started in NXT. 2017 started in the Performance Center. At some and point, she's still terrible. At some point, you just got to say, all right, well, it's over. Uh, what do you think of Odyssey Jones getting the call up here, even though he hasn't been on NXT in a while? But all right, forgot he existed. Yep, forgot he existed. Hey, Rich, your thoughts on Tamina to SmackDown? Oh, Tamina to SmackDown really changes the women's division of uh, WWE SmackDown on uh, on Fox. Yeah, yeah. Who? Oh my God! The, the floor is yours, sir. Tamina <laughs> on SmackDown. It's people. I can't. How do they do this? How do the? How do you earnestly talk? Also, I love the uh, the collection of free agents, aka jobbers that we can have job on both shows yes. when we see fit, and then Brock, <laughs> and Brock. And who, Brock, who, who, who will go want. wherever they need him to go at whatever they need right. to, him to do it. At. Yeah, Brock, because they just want to make big matches with Brock, regardless of this dopey brand shit. And the other people are just look. Did you see who they wear? It's like Dolph, Ali, <laughs> right. like just job guys who you know we could just whenever we need someone to do a job, we'll just they're on whatever show. Just it's such a fucking waste of time, and I feel dirty. <laughs> We've already talked. I'm just and I'm gonna I'm gonna say this one thing too. It got me for a second because I was just like they were announcing the draft and they were announced like you know as they were coming up and like SmackDown drafted the Bloodline and I was like hold on a minute so they can just draft Roman Solo and Heyman, but not the Usos. The Usos are not included in this. And I, I for a moment of time I was like wait how does this work? How are you able to draft tag teams? How are you able to draft stables? How are you able to draft these people, but not the, and then I just decided, Rich, what are you doing yeah, with Rich, your life? What are you doing? And Why I st- I had like a this? moment where I like paused and like my heart got tight and I was like, what am I doing? Why am yeah, I doing yeah. this? Yeah. stop go outside you know do something and then i didn't and then i didn't think about why why how are you able to draft all of indus sheer but uh you only can draft like you know one or two members of the new day or whatever it's like okay rich just stop 
Doesn't who matter. did the drafting? Who did the drafting for SmackDown? Did a per, did, was it was it a non? <laughs> I don't like, know. did they have people doing well, the drafting? At one point, yeah, just... Easy E, Eric Bischoff showed up. They had Molly Holly show up. You know, they they did that sort of shit where they would have. Like... No, 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 but I mean, is there like a, a commissioner of the shows mm, who did the picking? Mm, I don't know. Here's what I'm getting at. Okay, <laughs> I don't know or care. If you were doing the picking for SmackDown, they drafted two dead men. They drafted Pretty Deadly, who were dumped in a body of water in a trunk. By uh, by by the fake Italian by mafioso Stacks and, uh, and Tony, yeah, by Stacks and Tony, yeah, by Tony, two stack of dime neck Donato and um, the other guy, um, what the fuck's the other guy's name? D'Angelo, the other fake Italian, yeah, Tony D'Angelo. They put these men in a trunk, threw that trunk in the water, and they are now sleeping with the fishes. So, if you drafted for SmackDown, you drafted two men who are dead. Which isn't very good drafting. Well, it could be a, maybe they're and, trying to get under the cap. They're trying to get under the cap, so they're trying to get like you know an exception. Well, there's a lot of better dead wrestlers than Pretty Deadly. You sure. Know what I mean, like, shoot for the moon and draft like Benoit or something, right? Like, why are you drafting these two geeks if you're gonna if you're if you're going after dead wrestlers? Like, I'm drafting Vader if I'm drafting a dead wrestler, right? <laughs> sure. Jumbo. Who's the Jumbo other Saruta? Is there another dead? Uh, or oh, you were just saying the two dead people are, are pretty deadly. Pretty deadly. Oh, I, yeah, th- I thought there was. Thrown... I was like looking up and down. I'm like, who else? I was like, did all the fire die on NXT and I missed it? So. Oh, they called up. The, yeah, they yeah. called up the fucking Isla and, teams, and, and Alba. Yeah. So Isla Dawn will be making her dumb faces on uh, which show? <laughs> Smack down. Can't wait. Oh, but Grayson Joe, Walla. How about Grayson Walla? He finally, finally got the call, but age 38, finally. Uh, good for him. Uh, Joe, I will say one thing, last thing about the draft, and mercifully we can move on. Um, yeah. You're not going to believe this. Raw drafted the SmackDown Women's Champion, and then SmackDown drafted the Raw Women's Champion. What? That's chaos. That never happens. That's chaos. How are they going to solve never this? I know. I was, I was looking through the bylaws. I was looking through draft history. I don't know how they're going to solve this. That never happens except every draft. <laughs> except for every other time they've done this draft. Uh, so unbelievably, I guess they're going to switch the titles, but we'll, it remains to be seen what they're going to do to correct this this just wild issue. Um, well, with, if we with, do an awkward exchanging of the titles again, like when Becky Lynch and Charlotte almost shot on each other. <laughs> right, it caused like six right. months of turmoil. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that rocked. That was so good. Is, is, is Charlotte done no selling her WrestleMania loss. She uh, back she's not back yet, but I guess she's coming pretty soon. She's uh, participating in a cornhole tournament this week. Joe, did you know that? Oh, it sounds like great fun. Yeah, she's going to be in the Johnsonville Bratz cornhole. What the fuck are you talking about? It's true. You think I'm lying about any of that? How could I make that up? All right. Well, what, what corporate tie-in is this for? What is this? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe she's just really good at cornhole. Uh, Flair's appearance will be broadcast live on ESPN3 this Friday at 9.30 p.m. Eastern. Additionally, the event will air on ESPN2 this Sunday, 5 p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, it will. Uh, uh, Women's Champion will partner up with American Cornhole League pro Brett Guy, and together they will face off against somebody named Patton. I don't know what the Patton guy's first name is. Uh, an ACL pro, Whitney Martinez. Whitney Martinez. So there's a celebrity cornhole aspect to this. Oh, she's going to be facing Marisol Pat- uh, Patton from Real Housewives of Miami. Do you know about uh, 
Real Housewives of Miami. Okay, we could move on. Not only do I not know who that is, I don't know any of the words you just said for the last three minutes. I don't know what's happening right now. It's a, a celebrity cornhole tournament. Well, what a great booking. I'm sure she's thrilled. To be <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to see the boo-boo face on her. There's no way she's Rich, happy with this. Rich, I might have turned that down if it was pitched to me. Like, right. why, why is Charlotte going to this? I don't know. Sounds awful. Does like, this is great? something you sent Tamina to. Like, you sent Tamina to Yes. This. Right, you don't send Charlotte to this. You, uh, you know, you, you you call up Nikki Cross and and see if she is uh, wants to. Do. What a weird booking, very strange. Um, Rich, have you seen the hardcores turning on the bloodline? I have. have. I've seen a little bit of where is this going? When are we going to finally see something? I, it, the draft was the moment where I I, I saw it when. The bloodline got drafted to SmackDown, and people were like, ooh, but the Usos are not included in the bloodline. What's going to happen here? And then, like, four minutes later, it's like, dun, 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 dun. the Usos have been drafted to SmackDown. And it's just like, oh, okay. So we're just going to keep doing the same thing. And we're moving Cody over to Raw because we're going to keep Roman away from Cody. Cody is 100% winning that new fake title that they have. I, I, I promise you he's winning that new fake title uh, because Roman's going to have the other title on SmackDown. Um, I think everybody's kind of realized you, you are just you are just you you are going all in on that Cody winning that. Title. Oh, he's gonna yeah he is. All right, you heard it, folks. You, you got freaking who do you have? You got freaking as your your favorite. Uh, I don't. Why are you making me think about this? <laughs> Please don't. Yeah, no. sorry, sorry. Do not think about it. Oh, Odyssey Jones, maybe yeah. maybe they're gonna strap the rocket to Odyssey Jones. Um, but once you get the Usos and the Bloodline on SmackDown together, then it's like, okay, we're just going to keep doing the same thing. And then, like, now you have Solo Sokoa giving side eyes to Jimmy. And, like, the thing that we've been screaming about for months on end, finally yeah. everybody has seen that because they realize there's no end to this. You don't know what the story is. The story is there is no story. And finally, like you said, it was, it was over the last couple of weeks that the hardcores have realized there's nothing to this. They don't and, have anything. And, and it's, there's listen, no plan. And it's... And it is the some of the last people you'd ever see turn on something. Ryan Satin is tiring of the bloodline mm. publicly. The Fightful accounts, which never says anything negative about anything in all of wrestling, was tweeting out that they are getting tired of the bloodline story. That account loves everything, yeah. Rich. You can put anything out there. Oh, I'm really loving this insert match yeah. here. It could Katana Chance showing some real good potential in this match hashtag smackdown yeah, yeah. you know like it's, that fightful account puts anything and everything this is good hashtag even... raw <laughs> it's just like what are you yeah. okay <laughs> like, yeah because yeah. i'll read them like an hour later i'm like what was good what you know just you know yeah. incessant vapid you know positive takes all day every day loving loving this impact wrestling tonight hashtag impact wrestling that's all that account is so if they're turning on something that's not whoever's good. running that thing Okay, so now listen, we all listen. The, the fact of the matter is, this is all the bloodline story has been for two and a half years. This was boring drivel until Sami Zayn got hot. Then it was interesting. Then Cody came back. Then it was real interesting. Then it was like, whoa, what's going to happen here? Is one of these guys going to beat Roman? Then they beat both of those guys. And now we're right back to where we were before Sami Zayn got hot. Boring, monotonous drivel. Right, and with- it's, it and they could have rectified that a little bit with the draft of moving the Usos over to Raw and kind of just keeping. But then the Usos, so it's like, all right, no, it, everything's going to be exactly the same. 
this this two and a half year story <laughs> going on three years has been interesting for a grand total of like three months. That's a fact. And now we're right back to the Usos side-eyeing each other with a little, <laughs> I believe with a little dash I, of solo. I saw a little bit in Solo's like looking over and, and Jay's like, you got something to say? <laughs> I'm like, oh no, come Here on. Here we go. What? Here we go. We can't do this yeah. again. You can't keep doing this to been. me. You can't keep doing this to me. Yes, they can. <laughs> because that's all this has ever been. <sighs> except when except when Sami Zayn got accidentally over. That's all this has ever been. They didn't even mean for Sammy to get over. More evidence that they've blown this thing. That man should have lost at WrestleMania. I'm sorry. Think about, Rich, the intrigue there would be in Cody, Red Hot Babyface Champion, and the intrigue in when is Roman going to come back and is he going to go and when's he going to come back for his title? That would be a really good story that they can have built in if Cody would have won that match at WrestleMania. What are we doing instead? We're giving out a consolation prize in Saudi Arabia. And we're doing Jay doesn't get along with his brothers for the 15th time instead. <laughs> this is what we're doing. And now you have uh. people like Ryan Satin who eats up everything they do. And the Fightful account, whoever that mystery person is who eats up everything everybody does. The easiest to please critic there is turning on this thing among others. Claiming that it's boring. Well, here's clean. It's always been boring. This is what it's always been. Right, this welcome. is the meme with the astronauts. Right? Do you know the astronaut meme? Oh, the bloodline story is getting boring. And then the other astronauts behind them with the gun. It's yeah. always been boring. <laughs> it's That's always what been this boring. Is. Yeah, right. It's the fucking astronaut meme. You're, you're all two years behind. We 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 said yes. this two years ago. Now now welcome. Join the club. While I'm at it. This has to be addressed because I'm tired of this. Somebody has to say it. Okay. This quote unquote Dominic Mysterio mega heat. The, the organic okay. mega heat. Again, I don't know who needs to hear this, Rich. It's canned heat. It's piped in. It's led by production. How is nobody seeing this? Go on the WWE youtube page click his promo from last monday or last friday whatever it was whatever show he was on go watch it on your dvr okay it's a gimmick the dom heat thing is a gimmick this is a television show about pro wrestling and his character follow me here dominic's character is the guy who the crowd doesn't let talk okay and what they're doing here, and you can hear it with your own ears. It's so easy to hear. Go click the video. Go watch on your DVR. He starts to talk. The production presses the button. You hear the vacuum cleaner The, the air dryer, the very, the, whatever you the want to call it. The blowing. airplane, the airplane turbine, the vacuum cleaner, the whatever you want to call it. Yeah. It doesn't sound natural at all. <laughs> and then the fans join in. I'm not saying the fans don't join in because they do. Because it's the thing you do when you go to a show now and Dominic tries to talk. And the production leads it. They press the button. Everyone, that's everybody's cue. And then everybody, well, not even everybody. And then a lot of fans get up and they boo and they all do it with a big smile on their face. Nobody hates this guy. He's not getting heat. 
That's not heat. They're doing it because they're being part of the show. And this is a television show. And the thing to do is, oh, this is the guy that we don't let talk. So let's all stand up and put our thumbs down and say boo while we smirk and smile. That's not heat. They don't hate Dominic. This is an interactive television show that the production is leading. Go listen to it. I'm not making this up. It's obvious. Just go listen to it. It's canned heat. It's piped in. And then they turn it down. And Dominic tries to talk again. Like I was saying. And then, <laughs> then they press the button again. And then Dominic stops. You can see him stop sometimes before they press the button. Because he's he's instructed to do this. He is instructed. Like, All right, Dom, go out there, start talking. Stop. We're going to pipe it up and they're going to be rinse, repeat, do it. through, And then Finn Balor will go, hey, let the man talk. Like, it's always the same <laughs> so shit. Bad. It's so bad. It's, 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 it's bullshit. But some people buy into the, the best part it. is you'll see people earnestly be like, oh, man, this crowd hates Dom. It's like, oh, Rich, man. Some people, all people. I feel like I'm the only not crazy person who, who, who sees what's happening. This is canned heat. They're leading the crowd. And, and listen, like I said, the crowd then joins in. I'm not saying the crowd doesn't join in. Because they do. All with those big smiles on their face. Again, this isn't real heat. They don't hate him. You, you go you, you, Listen, I don't want to go down that road. But it's like, you can tell the difference between a pro wrestler that there's visceral hatred. Because they're over as a bad guy, as a heel. And then there's this, which is play a long time. This is the guy we boo and we don't let get and we don't let talk. We don't let him cut his promo. That's his role on the show and the fans play along and they have a good time and that's fine. Okay? But this is not great heat. Nobody is paying money to watch Dominic wrestle because they hate his guts so much. That's not happening. He's a mid-carder whose character is the fans don't let him talk. And the production is leading this. And if you listen and go back and listen, you will see and you will hear. They press the button and you can see on the screen that none of the fans are booing or standing or anything. And you hear this vacuum cleaner, like Rich said, engine turbine, generic booing sounds. Even though you can see nobody in the crowd is really doing anything. It's the same and one they've been the, using. The best part about this is the same noise they've been using since like 1994. You go back and watch like a 1994 Raw and it sounds exactly the same as this crowd. And another recent example, if, if you're looking for a good one, is uh, when Trish Stratus did her heel turn. Like the first week she came out on Raw, she comes out and it's like, you know, they play her song, nothing. And all of a sudden you hear just this like gigantic booze, but it's also like the and then so they cut to the crowd and everybody that's showing the crowd is jumping up and down and, and cheering and it's just like it's 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 and you look in the background and as there's gigantic boos and she's getting heat the likes of which like a bruno you know a, insert your random heel versus bruno and msg is getting like everybody in the crowd is either not moving or jumping up and down and cheering for her. and it's just like what what am i watching what is this it's not real heat it, it's it's production-led fabricated heat nobody hates this guy they're all still doing it with a smile they're doing it with a smile so and everyone seems to be fooled by this like even people who should know better 
you know, and, and, and they've really cranked it up. And, and this, the, the last promo we did, you know, they, 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 you know, cause they did the start and stop thing like three or four times, but it's, it's production led and, and you and I had a very meta conversation with Cody Rhodes one time about this sort of thing. Do you remember that? And our point was, that's not what pro wrestling was meant to be. You know, you know, we may as well hold up signs that say cheer and boo, like they do for studio audiences at talk shows and things like that. You know, please applaud uh, things like that. Yeah. Make it WCW worldwide gonna, where, where, you know, right. the, the ring announcer says, all right, coming out now is Brian Pillman. Everybody cheer for him. Yeah. And Brian Pillman comes out. Everybody cheers. And then everybody boos the other guy. Yeah. They'll just do that. Though. Yeah. Cause in those tapings, I don't know if people know that, but it was just people from the theme park who didn't know anything about wrestling and off camera, they would tell the people how to react. And you could do that and create a television show and give off this facade that Dominic is is this deeply hated character, but he's not really hated and it's not going to draw money, but they don't care <laughs> because the money's guaranteed and it's what we talk about all the time. Oh, hey, they, they and, had their Q1, uh, they and, and Joe, uh, I, to inform you, uh, they made a, a shit ton of money again. So Yeah, so it doesn't matter. So they're just making a television show. About wrestling. So about wrestling and the old school rules don't apply. It doesn't matter if Dominic is really over or not. It doesn't make a difference. They are have created a television character and that's all that matters. So they'll if they, if it takes leading the fans and, and Cody's counter argument was, well, at the end of the day, you just want to get to the end result. You want to get the fans to react, whether, you know, and it was it was a very I don't want to make his argument for him because I'll botch it. And it was very nuanced and it was a very meta conversation in terms of, you know, does it, it, it's almost as if I'm not saying it counts more if you have to earn it. Like his, 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 the basis of his argument was at the end of the day, you just want to get the reaction that you're trying to get out of a segment, out of a wrestler. And my counter was just, yeah, but if it's, if it's not a genuine reaction, then it's, then you can't make money off it. And it goes against the grain of everything this business ever was, you know, but in the case of WWE, it doesn't make a difference. They don't have to really be over. It doesn't matter. Or the hope is that if you just fake it, eventually you'll make it. And eventually people will earnestly start booing Dom. But I mean, and you know, in some cases, this has worked for that company where, and, and then that's again, where the conversation really gets kind of meta because it's like, isn't that the whole idea behind promoting wrestling to convince the fans of something? Right. So even if, even if you're lying to the fans and telling them um, whatever it is, this Dom example or whatever else, um, and then the fans eventually buy into it, haven't you done your job as a promoter then? Right. Even if you took a quote unquote shortcut or cheated to get there. And that was kind of like his argument. And again, I don't want to make his argument for him or speak for him, but the idea is just to get to where you're going. You know, even if you need to take a shortcut or quote unquote cheat or not do it the old school way, you know, but to me, it's, you know, that's a big reason why I'm not that interested in this company anymore and haven't been for years. It's just all bullshit. And it, it's, it's, it's a television show about wrestling. It's not a wrestling show. And I, I, I don't know. I just like wrestling shows. So anyway, the Dom heat is clearly can't heat. And, and 
if you people think I'm nuts, go listen. You'll see. Once you notice, you can't unsee it. It's hard. Yeah, That's don't. What I'll it, say. It's actually better if you don't notice because once you notice the fake noise, it's it's done. So, yeah. Anyway. So. Uh, yeah. Anyway, but, yes, that people in the chat that that conversation with Cody was many years ago. Yeah, that wasn't like last week. So this was before he went back to WWE. So just for clarification, um, you know, we're not bugging Cody about Dominic. <laughs> no, uh, nor would he probably respond to us about it at this, at this no, time. He would anyway. send back a pic. He'd send back a picture of his dog. Yeah, or or his child. Yeah. So <laughs> some people some people get that. Some people are feeling that one. But um, anyway. Uh, what's next on the agenda? Here? Let's go real quick. We got a couple minutes here. So real quick, uh, all Japan pro wrestling champion carnival. We do have the finals May 7th and it's a pretty interesting one. It's T Hawk facing Shataro Ashino in the champion carnival finals. Uh, I watched the Ashino match to get him into the finals. It was fine. It's, it's been a tough champion. There's been a lot of stuff that I've liked in the champion carnival. And there's been a lot of stuff that's just kind of felt dull as dirt. Um, I don't know. What, what are your overall thoughts on the carnival as, as we get now to T-Hawk versus Ashino uh, in the finals, which I will watch. That does sound like a pretty interesting match. And as somebody who's been an Ashino fanboy for, you know, <laughs> what feels like a decade at this point, I, I got to watch my man try to win the champion carnival. But uh, yeah, what, what do you think of uh, the, the, the carnival as we're now approaching the finals here? Well, thank you, sir, for spoiling the B block for me that took place this morning that oh, I haven't well. watched yet. Uh, but uh, yes, T-Hawk came out. of. I can't talk about um, the B block because it happened this morning. I had to make a choice between Noah and the all Japan show. And since the Noah show was like six hours long, I wanted to knock that one out. So I watched Noah. I haven't watched the all Japan show yet. Uh, a block. I meant it's not B block. Um, so the a block wrapped up this morning with Kent with uh, like Rich said, T Hawk uh, moving to into the final, uh, the B block show. I did watch that was uh, you got to give Gerard de Trollio, um, no, no, no relation to Finn. Um, the, the credit for nailing the scenario, which was, uh, uh, Suwama and Rai Saito going to the brawling around the ring, uh, no contest to eliminate them. And then, um, Ashino defeating Ishikawa. We wrote off Ashino and we look like geeks because he's now in the final. And we wrote off the big dog Ishikawa as not being a factor. And it ended up that those two guys were in the deciding match of the B block. So the egg is on our face. Yeah, don't sir. listen to us as um, far as all Japan booking. Maybe we don't know what we're talking about. So, so the Ashino Ishikawa match, there wasn't much to it. Ishikawa doesn't have much left in the tank. Uh, again, I did not get to watch the A block because that was this morning. Yeah, I, I've not but, watched um, either. Look, T Hawk is the Gleet fucking Tyrannosaurus Rex champion or whatever the fuck that thing is called. So once he won that title mid-tour, they kind of protected him in the booking, and he went all the way and won the block. Could he go all the way and win the whole fucking thing and be the next challenger for Nagata? Um, I don't know, but I would put my money on Ashino, right? Like the house guy, the in-house guy. And I guess it'll be Ashino and Yuji Nagata at some point for the uh, for the Triple Crown title. So, um, again, I, I can't speak to the A block at all. I know that the, uh, the B block show in Osaka 2 – Drew a little over 800 fans, which, okay, signs of life because this tour has not drawn well at all. But uh, that's not a bad number for that building, for this company, the 800. So, um, 
Yeah, so that's where we are. When is when? What's the date on that final? Uh, May May seventh, May seventh. So we'll uh, we will have time to talk about that on uh, next week's Couple show. Days. Yeah, so it's happening on Sunday, Sunday morning. And uh, Dragon Gate's got a big yeah. show this weekend uh, as well, Dead or Alive. So I'll try to watch Dead that one as well. So yeah, a lot a lot of stuff going on in the world of uh, Japanese wrestling over the next couple of days. But yeah, we'll try to watch. I'll, I'll try to watch definitely the Champion Carnival Finals and and definitely Dead or Alive by uh, by next week's show. Hopefully, so. There and then, last but not least, MLW, the world that never stops. And yet again this week, Joe, it did not stop. MLW CEO Court Bauer appeared on Busted Open Radio to say that he has closed the deal. He worked day and night and just working the phones, getting on jets, back and forth. But he did it. And July 8th, MLW's Never Say Never event will be streaming on Fight as part of the Fight Plus package, and that moving forward, MLW's live specials will be on Fight Plus every month. Now, does that mean they have a special every month? It's court speak. I don't know what that means, but all we know is July 8th, Never Say Never, is streaming on Fight as part of the Fight Plus package. So This reads like they're going to have these PLEs as WWE vernacular takes over the wrestling world, as it always does. Um, it looks like they're going to have these PLEs. It, it reads that they're going to have them every month. Like I read it as... MLW's live specials will be on Fight Plus every month, but I don't know if that I, I don't know. It's court speak. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> it's hard to take anything at face value. All we know is July eighth, never say never, streaming on Fight as part of the Fight Plus package. Now that's in addition to they were on the premium streaming network, that new streaming network that that used to be part of Fight. That's their international home. So now that's weird right off the gates because like they're signed to do international distribution on a network that's owned by a guy who left Fight and created it as a direct competitor. Whatever. That's MLW, man. You know what I mean? Like like normal business doesn't matter to MLW. So they're both with the competitor and fight. Um, whatever. Who okay, July eighth, never say never. We'll be on Fight Plus. We'll we'll see what happens after that. Uh this news also Hammerstone, comes- Hammerstone versus Alex Kane is the main. Okay. Event. Okay. And uh Kane won the uh, battle riots, which was a terrible, <laughs> terrible match. An episode of TV. <laughs> But anyway, go ahead. Finish the. the- uh, and then uh, news comes on the heels that MLW Underground on Reels. We had talked about that a couple weeks ago of like what is going to become of MLW Ground- Underground on Reels. We thought it would be over pretty quickly. They were like, no, 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 it's going to keep going. Uh, they had a season finale and their season, Joe, is over. Uh, and there are still ongoing negotiations about season two. But come on. They're, they're toast. They're done. They, <laughs> they're done. They, <laughs> the final episode was very low effort. They replayed matches from the week before. Uh, the battle riot finale and then some other stuff. Um, they they announced that fusion is returning next season, so they they're pretty much acknowledging that this is over. May twenty fifth, you know, fusion's back. May twenty fifth on YouTube, uh, and days yeah. later on B in Sports as well. They are on everything. <laughs> MLW is on everything. Well, that's right back to the old deal they had, where they yeah. were on YouTube and B in with Fusion. You know, and Fusion stopped when Underground started. It was supposed to run concurrent but then they mysteriously stopped their infusion and we never heard back from them when we asked and now underground's over infusion is back on youtube and bn so and and their specials are going to be on fight maybe every month <laughs> who knows <laughs> starting with the july 8th hammerstone and alex kane i will say and i always say this about mlw i'll give them credit they make their stars feel like stars yeah that they, the hammerstone and kane feel like they're two biggest stars and that is the biggest they always make the biggest match that they can make in the moment they yes. always do they always feel big they always feel big 
Yeah, and it, it always feels like big in relation to the rest of the, you know, you know, right, <laughs> relative, yeah. big relative, relative to yeah, and and you know, and Hammerstone and Kane feel like they're bigger deals than everybody else in the company, and they're the next main event for their next pay per view ple or whatever, and and they do always do a good job with that always. Uh, I will always give them credit for that, whether it's Fatu or Hammerstone or now Kane, who has been successfully elevated, and he's really good in MLW. He is a highlight of that show, and his whole Bomaye Fight Club deal, and you know he's with Thomas Sharp, and and it was a good piece of booking this week. They had Hammerstone beat Sharp in in a in a one on one match with Kane on commentary, you know, to to kind of heat up Hammerstone and have him beat Kane's you know sidekick and. You know, and they do do a good job with building up their big matches. It's the rest that leaves a lot to be desired. This run of underground was not great. Um, Didn't help that Enzo got fired in the middle of all of it since they were building up to an Enzo match at the end of all of this. And then, you know, the terrible editing with the dumpster match where Enzo won, but then they they had to edit it to make it look like... uh, um, who am I trying to think of? Uh, Matthew Justice won, and it was a terrible, ha- terrible, hacked-up edit job that just looked awful. Um, you know, it, it was not a good run on reels. Not not in front of the camera, not behind the scenes. It's a didn't, big mess. Didn't grow their product in any way, shape, or form. The, the ratings were just completely random. One week, they'd do 80,000 viewers, and you'd be like, hey, that's not bad. Then the next week, they'd do 29,000 <laughs> viewers, and you'd be like... Oh, that's not good. It's just... <laughs> You know, it's like, it's total just, you feel like the rating fluctuations were just all margin of error shit. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't, there was no rhyme or reason to why people watched or why they didn't. Um, yeah, and now they're right back where they started with YouTube and being. And now they've got their pay-per-views on Fight Plus, which means I'll never watch them. Because I'm not paying for MLW. I mean, I can't imagine. No. Be, uh, you know what? I'm I'm going to pay for them and I'm going to watch them. Who am I kidding? Well, they're on but, Fight Plus. We, we, we're subscribed um, to Fight Plus, so you can watch them on Fight Plus. Are we? I didn't even know that. We are. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Great. Tremendous. That comes out of the uh, PL every yes. month. I oh, don't yeah, even yeah. know. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, then we'll be watching and reviewing we'll the MLW keep... PLEs. Oh, of course. How about yeah. that? Yeah. Yeah. We'll have so. maybe maybe an instant reaction lies for all these. No, probably not. But <laughs> it's not, probably not yeah, well, going to happen. Know. But you never I'm say game. never. Yeah. Hey, you know um, what? If they, they book something good, maybe we'll do that. But uh, there you go. So the world of MLW uh, never, ever stopping. So very quickly, this Noah Green Journey in Sendai that I watched this morning. Yeah, yeah. I gotta tell you, this is the best Noah show of the year. Whoa! Uh, and one of and and one of the best overall wrestling shows that that I've seen this year. Wow! I mean, um, oh no, no, not the Green. What I'm talking about the show from fucking um, last month. This was Majestic from Tokyo. Ah, not the, the one just yesterday or whatever. This morning. I'm, or I'm confusing everybody. Green Journey in Sendai was the show from last month. <laughs> Where um where Jake Lee beat Nakajima. I'm talking about the majestic show from um from Sumo Hall uh uh this morning is the show I'm talking about. So one of the best wrestling shows I've seen all year. I mean, it didn't it didn't peak super high. There's no match of the year contender on the show, okay? But there's three or four matches that are absolutely going in my notebook, and I don't think there was a single match on this show with the exception of Masakatsu Funaki versus Shinya Aoki in a martial arts rules match. Oh, That's the only match. That, <laughs> yeah. And you can imagine how bad that was. I mean, that was just the, the absolute drizzling shits. Um, I don't even think grapple fuck people would will, will, will think that that was good. It was just 
the absolute shits. Um, and I and I do have to say I did skip one match. This uh, Natsu Sumari in Ryu Mizunami versus Maya Yukahai and Saki. Yeah, I blew that one off. I saved myself. Doesn't sound like a Lanza and... match. Yeah, it doesn't sound like one that you would probably uh, enjoy. So probably good. To it looked like some Tokyo Joshi Pro geeks, and I was like, "See ya." Not a fucking chance. And um, I skipped ahead on my fucking on my feed and 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 blew that off. So I can't speak to that. Every other match on this show, at minimum, was good. Three or four of them were very good. Uh, Hideki Suzuki versus El Hio del Dr. Wagner Jr. for the national title may have been one of the best Hideki Suzuki matches I've ever seen. That's big. That's um, big praise. I like to hear that. This El Hio del Dr. Wagner Jr. is a fucking rebel. He, he is a find for this company. He is one of the 20 best wrestlers in the world this year. Without question. He killed it here. He took Suzuki out of his comfort zone and made him move around a little and take some bumps. I mean... Rich, when you when you get around to watching this, you're going to be stunned how good this match is. Especially when the first six or seven minutes is Suzuki holding this man in a cravat on the mat. And you're going to be like, what the fuck is Joe talking about? But stick with it, okay? And it, it delivers, okay? While Josh Barnett is praising Suzuki for holding this cravat on the mat, you're, you're going to want to fall asleep. But the match eventually picks up, and it was an excellent match. This, this El Hio del Dr. Wagner Jr., I'm telling you, for people who aren't paying attention to Noah, I'm telling you right now, he's one of the 20 best wrestlers in the world this year. This guy's been great. Great. And then uh, Jake Lee, Marafuji, very good main event. Um, definitely notebook material. The best Jake Lee match in Noah to this point, I think easily, without question. Marafuji, this was not lazy Marafuji at all. He was excellent in this match. He was a better worker in this match than Jake Lee. Which, when's the last uh, time? You know, when's the last time that happened? Because I, 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 man, I, I've mostly years. been skipping Marafuji matches over the last couple of years, just because it's kind of sad to see him being so bad. But and, and I tell you, I popped big for Saxon Huxley and Timothy Thatcher winning the tag titles from Segura and Tanaguchi. I, this match blew away my expectations. Um, I thought I thought Tim Thatcher was great in this match. I, I mean, his his. Not this even is a just bizarre world show for you. Hideki Suzuki praise, Timothy Thatcher praise. What is going on here? I gotta watch this I, show. I gotta you know watch why, this Rich, thing. Do you know why, Rich Krejci? Because you're a fair you man. Know why? Because I'm fair. Because I'm fair. And I just like Jesse Ventura. I tell it like it is. That's all. I just give my real opinions. One last thing. I know we gotta wrap it up. Somewhere, poor Ray Escorpion is standing around. Waiting for Drillistico to get his balance so Drillistico can jump on him. Drillistico. <laughs> Drillistico. I always feel so bad because, like, all of his other family members are all, like, hired by companies and in prominent roles. And he's like, hey, I'm here too. And they're like, oh, okay, cool. There were, like, three spots in this match where poor Reyes Scorpion is all wobbly legged, waiting for the dive. And Drillistico is like losing his balance on the top rope and doing that thing with his arms to get his balance back. Yeah, yeah. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> and a Scorpion, this poor guy, is looking like the biggest there. geek yeah. for what feels like 20 minutes waiting for this guy to do his dopey dives. And you know, let me tell you something. By the end of this match, it ended up being a damn good match anyway. Look at that. So uh, credit to Ray Scorpion who made it work. But uh, and you'll oh and you'll be shocked to hear, Rich, 
uh, Stinger, Chris Ridgway, and Yoshinari Ogawa took on Daga and Aita. And Daga turned on Aita. No. And, uh, <laughs> I, I know a it's hard to believe. shake up in the Noah Jr.'s division? Go on. Excuse me. You Another gotta... turn in the Noah Jr. division. Wow. And these fucking announcers have to sit there and sell it like they're shocked, even though it happens on every fucking show. <laughs> Who are these guys again? Uh, uh, was it Pickering and uh, and Stu Fulton? Pickering, Mark Pickering, Pickering and Stu and Fulton. Fulton. With Josh Barnett as well this time oh. around. <laughs> Great. And... Uh, uh, now, Barnett, I'll give a pass because, you know, I don't know how much Noah he's been watching. But these other two poor saps have to sit there and sell it every time one of these juniors does a turn. And uh, it happens every fucking show. But I got to tell you, top to bottom, with the exception of, you know, that one match I noted and the fucking Joshi bullshit that I skipped, everything delivered uh, on some level. Wow. So okay. uh, I I'll, highly I'll recommend the show. Yeah, I'll have to watch it this weekend then for sure really good show um you know uh so yeah i mean extreme tiger who got hurt on the last show and that scary you know where he got knocked out you know he was back so it looks like he's okay he teamed with lands a lot no relation um so you know is you know really good show top to bottom so i highly recommend it so there you go you go ahead wow. to wrap this baby up cool let's do that so that's uh that is this episode of the flagship again next week Dynamite immediately following the show, instant reaction live. That is going to be on flagship patreon.com, uh, patreon.com slash voices of wrestling or voices of wrestling.com slash patreon. $10 tier. If you want to do that, we definitely recommend signing up for the $10 tier this month because you're going to get double or nothing later in the month uh, as well with instant reaction live, plus live flagships, plus all of our written content, plus all of our bonus audio. It just makes a lot of sense. But if you just want the bonus audio, $5 a month gets you that uh, again at flagship patreon.com. Uh, make sure you check out voices of wrestling.com for our previews, reviews, columns, all that other good stuff voice wrestling podcast network uh subscribe on your podcast app of choice and then last but not least voice wrestling.com slash discord if you want to join in on the conversation that is joe i am rich we'll talk to you next time on the flagship podcast take care bye do you like wrestling trivia then check out the five-star match game the pro wrestling quiz show i'm joe gagney and every episode i grill three contestants with five rounds of power-packed wrestling trivia We have over 30 evergreen episodes in the archives covering WWE, AEW, Japan, Mexico, and much, 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 much more. Play along at home and check it out today.